Okay, yo, what's up everybody? It's Francisco with Charles. Andrew is not with us again. He's a- alive, we swear. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 celebrating game one of the Stanley Cup finals between Montreal and Tampa. And one of those games where Charles is like, no bueno, blowouts, me no likey. Well, shouldn't everybody feel that way? Mm. I, I have very little time in this world for anything recreational. You know, I come home 5.36 at night. If I don't go to the gym, I'm forced to watch television. And if I do come back from the gym, I'm watching TV. I need something to justify keeping me up at night, as opposed to the haunts and the dreams and the PTSD of all my childhood and present endeavors. Oh, yeah. Knowing oh. that Aaron Boone is my manager still for the Yankees. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Oh, it's coming. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, because the sports, I mean, aside from we have a Stanley Cup Finals and then we have NBA playoffs, but then baseball is basically like, all right, who do we, like, what, how the hell do we fix our teams? And, and that's it. So, okay, well, you know, maybe Montreal would have won if they had gotten their, their equipment from Piranha's Hockey World, you know? Their number one priority is to serve the customers. They have the best customer service, lowest prices, and largest product selection. The culmination of their experience has, and hard work results in an ever-growing website with better features, more information and content, and continuing push to provide you with all of your hockey needs. They boast the lowest prices and biggest selection of all the new products, the lowest prices and biggest selection of all the closeout and prior products. So check out our website. Click on the banner, check it out, help us out, help them out, help yourself out with some hockey equipment, okay? You could you could do what Andrew encourages for everybody to bandwagon onto the Tampa Bay Lightning, <laughs> you know, have Champa Bay, and you know, Montreal's not helping it. Here we are telling feel-good stories. Oh, it's like 30 years of making. There's no community to this one. Stanley Cup finals. And then you get kind of, um, you're administering a rectal exam is what I would say happened. Mm. So go ahead, go onto that website, get your proper cups and sports hardware, and also we know they do jerseys. Go ahead and go jump the bandwagon on Chapa Bay. Andrew approves it. Yeah. And you know, or, you know, you can just stay in, play some smelter, get on your PS4, your Xbox One, your Switch, get on your PC, enjoy that. Enjoy being Eve and just going, going all out on people, 16-bit action. Right. Don't you want a little revenge for people for that snake to convince you mm. to eat an apple and then doom all of mankind? Mm. Tell, you know, I understand Eve's position here, because if I didn't have to eat the apple from an anamorphic snake, I would not have to wake up at like six o'clock tomorrow morning to drive the court. Yeah, I'm gonna go play Eve to get some revenge back on the system. Oh yeah, or Smelter and play as Eve to get some revenge back on the system. Mm. So, all right. So let's let's see. We we got a bunch of stuff, Charles. But let's let's jump into the NBA because I feel like we can. I know there's a hot game in the background, right? NHL Face Off 2001 for the PlayStation DOS. But there's there's some there the playoffs are still happening. Okay, Playoff P is doing his thing. Seven B is kind of showing what non-humble pie charles said a couple of weeks ago that he's just kind of a uh, stat stuffer mm. well say. we'll see we'll see what happens they're moving back to los angeles for game six but but charles 
the, the sons all right they, they, just allow me allow me game allow me. five chance to close it out at home give chris paul his first ever finals appearance and we gotta wait a little longer hopefully i'm actually really rooting for them i i want chris paul to at least play for the damn thing even if he doesn't you know, win it you know why they lost yesterday though right it's because of the group chat message in the group chat folks i put f it go sons because i'm just sick of it I, I you know i have been won over by the chris paul story i had said there's a bunch of people who have gone to the finals that were terrible players who won a championship Eddie Curry, um you know yes all these people Tony Daniels. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep to that. Um, a lot of people who I don't want to say were undeserving to win championships, but they—they they were guys who were lesser people, whose whose entire ten to fifteen plus years worth of careers. I mean, he, here here's a terrible statistic of why you want the Suns to make it. Ronnie Turioff has more rings. Hmm. Then Chris Paul, hmm. yeah, yeah. Want to go play to remember forget, but that alone should be the reason why. You I, I mean, it's not just it's not the ring thing. Like for me, I don't. The I, I don't consider. Oh, you have to win it just to cement your legacy. Because I mean, God knows there are so countless how many Major League Baseball Hall of Famers are out there, and, I, and I've actually looked at the Baseball Hall of Fame website. There's not as many as I thought there would be Hall of Famers. You know, our Lord and Savior will be inducted this year. But, uh, not. I mean, there are so many guys that, that they didn't even make the playoffs in their careers. Baseball's just because kind of like that. Though. Yeah. Basketball, yeah, I baseball feel like hard. everybody gets a chance. It's not like, um, well, I think Chris Paul's equivalent is whom in the NFL world? Philip Rivers. That's a big. <laughs> Great, outstanding. That's always true. talked about. Never could. Had a shot. One time yeah. get to a conference. Gotten- yeah, yeah, exactly. Never, never once, never. Enough. Wow, yeah, yeah. Philip Rivers is a good, good comparison. I like that one. I like that one a lot. But aside from Chris Paul being dramatic, and look, Chris Paul has a history of being dramatic. He's very demanding of a player. And that flop last night, that was a pure offensive foul. That people were saying that um, that he was trying to say was foul as a flagrant between him and. Um, Marcus Morris, you know, what he was just basically kicking at the legs. It w- it was all him, boo, you know. But you remember the things that you like about Chris Paul. I remember him basically breaking Kobe's ankles when he was still with the Hornets, and I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And um, leaving it on the table just to beat the lowly Spurs, who were already outside that window of championship rounds. Or, well, I think that was the year before they broke up the big three. Um, so it was interesting to say the least, coming into it there. But then, then I think I jinxed them. Because here I am, making the submission, saying, oh, F it, let them have it. And then they just did not the show play. And here's the thing, Francisco. They almost lost Friday. It was 84-80. No one can get an offensive ball in. No basket. That stuff was Brick City for both sides. Yeah. You know what I find... My pettiness is coming back. Not Scotty Pippen petty. Huh. Oh, kind of that's petty. that's actually the cover for our episode this, this, yeah. this week. Well, you know, kids, there's a reason why. Because Scotty 
was influential in our lives. Patty with was... Patty spelled with an I and E at the end now. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, this is a this is a new kind of petty that I, I have never. Oof. He, he was spinning some fire, man. He was kind of like you know, um, you know. There's a this is just like the drama that I never expected, and I'm like, why is it relevant? Because it's Scotty doing it. But we're we're definitely gonna give a segment to that. But you look into what was happening. My old petty self was coming back when I'm like I'm looking. I'm like, well, they couldn't win. They barely won the other day, 84 to 80 against a Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi and Zubax, I don't know how to say his name, I want to say Zubat um, from Pokemon, but their center was injured. And then they lost last night to a team that didn't have Kawhi again and did not have um, Zubax as well. So you didn't have your starting center. So they were relegated to DeMarcus Cousins, who's just trying to figure out if he's still DeMarcus Cousins or you know, DeMarcus, you know, second cousin um, coming into it. So, I think that's interesting because here's a question. We mentioned it last week. I mentioned a couple weeks back. Is Tyron Luke just a better coach than Monty Williams? Because you, you, you still lost in game four, but you lost by four. And that was because I think they didn't run the pace into it. And then you change your game plan down your big center who's a rebounder and a putback guy with DeMarcus. So you're going pure small ball. There's not a tall guy there. And you were able to kind of whoop it. You came close to losing the lead, but you didn't lose it. Mm-hmm. Game plan. All right, well, well they they actually two. did lose the lead like briefly. It was very yeah, brief. Yeah, but then you get it back. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, you end up dominating at the end by 14. So you take away six of those points because I watched the entire game. So I, it's refreshing to have West Coast games that we can comment on. But I was like, man, is Monty Williams kind of reverting back into the whole like, oh, this is me, Monty, in New Orleans where I just let the players do the thing and I don't have the initiative to stop stuff. Oh, AD, take care of it. Oh, Chris, take care of it. Because you felt like when the team was supposed to be in this game, they weren't. And when you felt like they should have been in it in the prior game, they barely got lucky. And I don't know if you want to take that because the Clippers, I I don't think they count how far they're behind. I think they count how many they need to win. I I kind of admire that mentality that Tyron Lue's doing. And um, I I have to say, Tyron Lue has been... He he's he's proving Respect. to everybody that he is an actual legit coach. Well, what did we say a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I didn't believe Doc Rivers could beat the Mavericks in that kind of situation of how they did it when they were behind and came back. The same, but Tyrone would could because we knew this was a good coach. I think people ragdolled it because of the fact that he won with LeBron. But yes, he won with LeBron, and then he went to the finals the following year as well. And he decided to say, "Fire me because I don't want to be part of your blow up plan because you're cheap, Daniel." And he has extensive coaching experience. He understands rotations. He's not getting hired out of favoritism like a certain coach who just got hired in a Portland. I'm saying it. We'll talk about that too because that is a, I'm saying now, dumb hire. Um, I don't think Chauncey's going to prove me right. They can listen. Listen to us. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Force Goofs, Fred Dampriolais, Charles the True, whatever hell Francisco's thing is at this point for all of our pettiness because today's the petty episode. Mm. But I was thoroughly impressed and. What Tyron Liu did to kind of coach it, he says, okay, we can't make threes, but everybody's going to drive to the basket. And I got to tell you, for a team that has DeAndre Aiden, that was soft as tissue paper going to the rim for a lot of guys. Paul George was just unstoppable. Reggie Jackson fulfilling that potential in a contract Oh, well, I mean, Reggie Jackson, I mean, look, he's been, I don't know if you saw, what I I probably haven't sent it to you. I probably should. (laughs) Freddie, Freddie's on here. 
Oh, my just make me want to do a Dylan Bundy, not to be confused with a Ted Bundy. There you go. There you go, Charles. Uh, so, no, what's it? Um, there was a video from SB Nation on their Secret Base YouTube channel talking about the beef between Reggie Jackson and, and Russell Westbrook. But, man, that man had a hard life in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. I mean, sheesh. Uh, I think I, I, I'm loving this for him. Like, if the Clippers win, then I, I'm all for Reggie Jackson trying to get his. Especially, especially, imagine the Los Angeles Clippers win and he wins a ring before Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that would be the ultimate FU. But here's the interesting part. Um, it's not just, you, you. the Suns have two players that are um, both former Westbrook understudies, Reggie and Cameron Payne. Because Cameron Payne was a guy drafted in there. He's been filling in for mm-hmm. Paul, um, Chris Paul as he was out. So I find that interesting to say the least. Um, I guess Dylan Buddy threw up on the field. I agree with you, Freddie, or on the mound. But <laughs> What's well, it, pitch is in- throwing up? On, I mean, it's been it's been like, a, I think it's happened twice this season already. But It's the anxiety knowing that they're yeah. cheating and they're subject. <laughs> or they, the sticky stuff is inside their mouth and they're just trying to figure out a way to stomach it you just be like uh garrett cole is like screw it i'm getting paid anyway i don't care if my ear blows up which is fine i'm not gonna poo poo on him mm. um, i'll comment on that when the time comes i mean he might need it just to get some grip on the ball but he <laughs> mm. just he just to give a sneak preview he let up those runs against a team that could hit apparently there mm. you go it's logical it's not like when he shut out um the Braves, and he made Josh Donaldson strike out. But I, I'm really kind of impressed. And here's the thing, Francisco. The, the Clippers get so many passes because you. I think you do get a pass from me if you lose because Kawhi was hurt. But you assume that risk. Kawhi is not Mr. Healthy all the time. But I think people get that pass, but they don't want to rest on those laurels of getting a pass for being hurt. No. Um, they're they're going to try. And I, I think stop that trash with Paul George. Seriously, you know, we don't like him because we know that he's a very good player and a stellar defender, but Tyron is playing him the way he's facilitating the ball. He's moving the break, man. He's moving everywhere. He's attacking the paint. He's not trying to jack up threes and be an ISO guy like a certain coach Dockers told him to do mm-hmm. um, because you have a coach who actually understands the players. Why? Because it's not too far to stop from coaching. Um, the team is well built. They're a consequence of sometimes when you have – two max player contracts on the team and you have to kind of work with um, pennies because DeMarcus Cousins on a uh, veteran contract, Reggie's on a one-year veteran contract, I think Marcus Morris is on a veteran one-year contract. A lot of these guys are going to be free agents and going to get paid elsewhere. Boogie's coming to Miami. I'll explain that later. Mm. I don't know if I want it or not, but I'll explain it to it later. Um, but they're going to try because I think that window for this team is closed because they're going to be set back because salary cap may go up and might go down. We don't know. But I think Tyron Lue's not scared. And I think Phoenix is kind of scared if the blueprint was attack the paint. Because what do you have? What do you have aside from Booker? If they're saying let Booker get his shots, and they're saying Chris Paul is good for 20 and facilitating the offense, so if you smother the other players, make sure they don't get the free ball and the assist so they don't shoot it off, I think that's a recipe. And that's what they did yesterday. That's what they did in the other game that they won, and that's almost what they did um, when they lost eighty-four to eighty. And I yeah. can't like tell people how big that is. 
it seems like the Suns. Let's see. It's. I was watching just for another comparison. I was watching like a like a base uh, MLB Network presentation about the 1990 Cincinnati Reds or whatever, and they they swept their way to the World Series. Like they 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 beat the Oakland A's in four games. And, but during Game Four, like two of their starters, for which players, got injured. Like they were gone. Like they like, and especially one of them, like he was done for the series. Like he was done. Yeah. And basically, the guys on the Reds were basically like, "Oh crap, we actually have to win today because if we don't, they might actually have a shot at coming back with two of our best guys out." So. It seems like Phoenix is almost playing that way. Like we have to win now because we don't want to deal with these guys <laughs> going deeper into the series. And yet here we go. And it's basically like they saw what happened to Utah. They saw what happened to Utah and the yeah, adjustments no that were made by the Clippers to find a way to beat the Jazz. And so it seems like the the Suns know exactly the MO of the Clippers. Like, hey, this team is not going to give up at all. Like, we're not going to beat these guys down. There's no way that they're going to blow them out. So at the going from here from here on out, I mean, sheesh. I mean, you can blow yourself out at McDonald's by getting the BTS meal. That's for sure. Sweet uh, chili sauce all yeah. up in your guts and in your rectum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are the worst promoters of McDonald's since this started. I will listen, McDonald's. I told you within the coming weeks, I will try your spicy chicken sandwich. I almost had your breakfast the other day, but I wasn't, you know, that exhausted for it yet. Hmm. But I promise it's coming. Um, I'll leave it on this in Clippers and Phoenix. I feel like I can go on too long. You know, Clippers, they're an advantageous team. You know, if you're going to let them come back, if you're going to let them stall out, because they were down on Saturday's game. They were down by, like, 14, and they were able to cut it back. So that's why Phoenix, I feel, kind of needs to be scared. And the one thing I'm going to say about this is that never, ever, for love of Christ, listen to Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> because I was listening to it, and then i got to tell you something. Um, I don't know if it's proper to say it. I don't know if we're going to get in trouble for saying it. They're fake. They're so fake because they all they did in the first half was critique Paul George. But the minute they won, Paul George played a great game. They said he was scared. He was doing a lot of dumb turnovers. Um, you know, he, he's too talented of a player to do this. And they're not letting the flow of the game come into it. And it's just so annoying. I, I, and, I, that's why the, the, the Eastern Conference has the better broadcasting crew. I mean, we're, we're lucky. We're lucky in the Eastern Conference. They got right? TNT. And I like Jeff Van Gundy's um, opinions and analysis. Mark Jackson, give or take. You know, it, it, it comes in. Because I think, I don't know if Mark kind of brings in much growth that I want sometimes in my broadcasting analysis. But with Van Gundy, I think I like it because he's like, but then he, he literally goes and says, because they're arguing about like flagrant fouls too, because there was a point where um, uh, Jay Crowder, we love Jay. Jay, I would love you to come back, but you're not going to. No. More money. no. And I get it, I get it. But he basically fouled Paul George 
And he is like, oh, I didn't do that. And then, you know, he ended up hitting him in the eye, too. And then uh, Jeff Van Gundy goes and says, I'm sick of the sissification. Like, I like Brock. You should be sick of the fact that there's so many, like, fouls called and it takes time for review, but you can't say that you're sick of the sissification league because if you're going from the 80s, 90s mentality, they were just doing, like, WWE takedowns some of those days. That's the whole thing about the Bad Boys, man. Mm. They came into it. But I don't want to say I need ESPN to kind of just, like, get me new people, but I wouldn't be remiss if you did. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, no, ESPN's NBA... And, All yeah. right, so BU real quick says spicy chicken sandwich is actually edible. Freddie yeah. goes can confirm. He says Deluxe was disappointed. All right, so I won't go um, Deluxe, but we need parody, guys. And I say we need parody for two reasons. Why? Because Francisco and I have been too much involved. We are not not in a bad romance. We're in a tryst with the Chiking um, sandwich. Oh, and, and Charles also, and crew. Yeah, keep sorry. Keep going, Charles. You know what I'm about to say on that one. And we might, in some point, have to itemize draft entries for our fast food draft. So I feel like we need to try some of these new things to list out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to start planning that because we are about to enter July. It's been yeah. – it, we're about a little less than a month away from that in the NBA draft. And – this is the most important draft of all our time, kids. I, for real. Yeah, we got to get people in on this. I got to get – I got to reserve Doug. <laughs> see we, if i can reserve him or not we at least need i would say five or six people on this and freddie and bu by all means please join us but because if we're gonna go like i, I would say we go into like the first hour but we gotta figure out the itemized list because we can't just go and say which fast food thing you gotta put the Ooh. item that's that's your thing freddie's freddie's so right freddie's already throwing it out there it's got the chick king greater than oh. the chick-fil-a which is equal to the popeyes greater than mcdonald's oh Please join on Andrew, who's trying to tell us that Chick-fil-A is great. Chick-fil-A is shit. Yeah, and then there's Francisco <laughs> and I telling Andrew that we're heathens. We were going to burn Andrew at the stake. Andrew, right. Andrew was repping Chick-fil-A like the guy outside the courthouse is saying the, uh, the end days are coming. And we're just like, whatever, old man. Get this away from me. I don't want to. Oh man, I am I am so excited about this. I really am. I have to grip. I I, I have to like study menus from here on out. Okay. Well, we gotta do that, and we have to ask ourselves a bigger question. And I don't think you're ready for this, but we can't just do the actual sandwiches or form of sandwiches. Not everything is sandwich tacos, obviously. We might have to implement the sides, and I think it's a fair argument that you need the cheese if you have even desserts. God, man! Exactly. I, 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 I'll pick a frosty. I'll pick a frosty yeah. out of somewhere around, round, round. Yeah. I don't know which round, but I'll see. Cheesy cheesy potatoes are going high. Um, I love me some Burger King onion rings. I don't know what it is. I love it. I love it. Hmm. Uh, this is a dangerous game. <laughs> we're not ready for it. Yeah. That's why we're giving all the people who are listening notice because we will be prepared for it. And we're gonna see what happens because that's gonna be the shocker. Yeah. Who's gonna slip in the draft too? Mm. The thing that universally, I feel like it'll be something from Taco Bell, where people say they universally love, but it's not on their forefront what they would draft. Yeah, it seems like that. I mean, hmm. oh, I got, I got to give this more thought. Popeye yeah. sides are my dark horse, corner Freddy. He's already throwing it out there. The, the, the dirty rice or the Cajun rice, I, I actually like that side more than their chicken, but I, I would agree with that. I think it's it's muy bueno. Mm. Muy, muy bueno. 
Mm -hmm. It's harder than you think, especially when you have to pick selections that you don't have and then things that you're already thinking of. This is what it feels like to be a sports executive. Um, I'm ready to ship to Milwaukee and Atlanta if you are, good sir. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. So, uh, I, oh, and by the way, they they've uh, offered me a challenge as far as my cooking skills huh. are concerned. I have to recreate the chicken. So, Andrew I'll, offered you. That's yeah, true. that's true. And well, and then he offered like for me to make like a. Oh, you said this ocho leches or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, I was just, I was just slinging it out there. Uh, oh. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know if I can play God. baby is good. I mean. <laughs> If you can make it, but make it your way, man. Because one of the things oh, that yeah. Taco Bell that they had was, remember the caramel empanadas? You could be creative mm-hmm. and do your, your ocho, you know, ocho leches coming in there. Dude, I was thinking of like ESPN the ocho, but it's possible. You, what if you made your own oh, I Francisco? Think... Francisco, hard, you know, hard, crunchy shell with the leches inside. Oh my it's your God. World. I think that's a human rights violation. I'm not even sure. <laughs> Human rights violation might be letting uh, a certain coaches in the NBA who never coached before in their life. Charlie Phillips. Why um, is this a thing? This is the same issue I had with uh, what's going on in Major League Baseball, and it goes to, to the Aaron Boone thing. Yeah, no, let's go to the Aaron Boone thing. We can talk about the Bucks later. <laughs> so, all right. Okay, so you lead. You're you're not as biased as I am, and then I'm going to ream into this hardcore. I, I feel who is the first uh, Major League. Of coach that they are or manager that that kind of started this trend of like well i've never managed a day in my life at any level at any point not even my david, david ross aaron boone uh let's see didn't they do wasn't robin ventura one of those two i think so i think so Correct. he was one of those as well but it's a lot of former players who say that but yeah. i know the game because i played in so long yeah well i mean david ross is basically like i retired and then like the next season he got the job so buddy david ross is aaron boone espn booth liked by the team that had made them the most famous brings them on because they're yes men mm. screw it, i'm taking this they're yes men damn it they're yes men because the general managers were sick of the hard nosed guys. We're gonna bump their chest Hell. and fight Max Scherzer. Okay, so so let's let's go back. I mean, example: the New York Yankees. Let's we're gonna do this. So the New York Yankees hired Aaron Boone after Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi, who famously got fired by the Marlins because he was not gonna take no guff from Jeffrey Loria. No guff. No guff whatsoever. You know, goes off to New York, gets himself a ring. All right, gets himself a ring. And, Our most competent manager knew how to work that bullpen. Yes, and uh, former Yankee as well, but not so former. Where to the point where it's like, like you said, yes, man. And also he moved up the ranks. He moved up the ranks. He was on Joe Torre's staff uh, before getting the Marlins job. So he was getting. He was. He was uh, seasoning himself. All right, we're gonna get a little saucy here, but he was seasoning himself for for the major league managerial job. Eventually goes to Miami, starts out the way they should all start out. All right, I'm managing the I don't know, I'm managing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's pick a terrible team right now, and this is gonna suck for a couple years. But I just need the experience, and then you know, hopefully I show some flashes of brilliance that the guys play over their heads. And it looks like I, I know what the heck what I'm doing. I'll get a, a much better job. Well, guess what? He gets fired by the Marlins, wins the manager of the year. Goes off to the broadcast booth with the Yanks, right? He was with the Yankees broadcast network or whatever. 
I think he went yes. Or oh, was he, he on ESPN? ESPN. He was yeah, ESPN. Yeah, another one of those guys. Exactly. And then he got the job in New York in 2008. Went to ring the next year. And playoff appearances. Kind of knows. Actually put in the work to know team. what he does. You know, like Aaron Boone, honestly, I don't think Aaron, like I get the 2003 series Red Sox hits. If he doesn't hit that home run, nobody gives a shit who Aaron Boone is. But no one cares who Aaron Boone is now. He is not as revered, even on that home run. I thought his older brother was more revered than him, Brett Boone. His dad was more revered. is is more revered than Aaron Boone. He left and he came back. Mm. Yep. Yep. So, so Aaron Boone gets this job, and I, sw- I think it seemed like the New York Yankees were trying to jump in on this trend, which doesn't seem like something they should be doing because they're the richest team in Major League Baseball and they can have any manager that they want, anybody. And they just, like, hired this guy, Aaron Boone. Oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I was in New York 15 years ago, and, I, you know, it's, it's all good. And and yet, he has no experience with anything else. And they, it seems like, oh, we have a roster. Heck, a monkey could win a World Series with this roster. Doesn't seem like it right now. Doesn't seem like it at all. You've made some ALCSs, but... Uh, and we can, you know, we could talk about yeah, 2017, I, but you know, yeah, it just doesn't seem like Aaron Boone gets it. Like he does, he, he just doesn't have it. So, okay, go ahead, Charles. I've been, I've been you. hanging, I've been hanging on. This. Thank you. It's okay. No, I think you did a perfect intro. Brian Cashman had a deal with Joe Torre and Joe Girardi. Mm-hmm. Joe Torre was too big to fail in that mentality because he was a long so long that we didn't know how to put old well, Yeller down i mean joe tory was remember he was kind of like i guess when he was hired he already had like some failed stops in like atlanta and some other places new york yeah. at st louis and stuff like that and then like and then he goes to new york they win the 96 then the roster's constructed to the point where you know you guys got that three-peat it's like no you can't fire him now he's stuck there yeah, well, remember, we got rid of Showalter for him, if memory serves That is correctly. true. It was Bill well, Buck Showalter. Was... I mean, Buck Showalter is one of those. I mean, he, he might as well be Doc Rivers without the rank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Bobby Valentine's my also other comparison. Yeah. If, I could, if I could build into it, Bobby, for anybody who watches, like, kind of you is the best kind of description for any <laughs> kind of MLB manager back in the day. But so you had to endure Joe Torrey. And here's the thing Joe. People, I think, wanted Joe out like two years prior than he's finally out, and then Joe gives us the big, like, yeah, I'm going to retire and go for that. He does not retire. He goes to the Dodgers. He takes all of the same staff that he had. Um, Dominantly. Dominantly. Yeah. And he had a succession plan because Joe was done when he was ready. And the Dodgers made it to the two strand LCSs while he was yeah, there. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. couldn't close the deal Phillies. because that yeah. seems to be, yeah, that also seems to be just a uh, thing that happens with a lot of Dodger teams when you think about it. But then we get Joe Girardi. Joe was inherited. I forgot who the competitor. Oh, no, because it was supposed to be, it was either Don or Joe. And I think Cashman kind of said, I know what Don Man is about. Because Don was there the year before, I think, Cashman came on board or two years. Yeah, because like, Joe was with, uh, Joe Girardi was with Joe Torre, like the season prior before correct. he got the Marlins job. Yeah. So, so the, there was some stuff coming into it, and everything just kind of worked in sequence because the Marlins were willing to let go 
of the there guy who was the NL manager of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. At that point, yeah, it was 2005. Jack mm-hmm. McKeon retired, and you know, won the World Series, whatever. And then it's like, okay, rebuild completely. They got rid of all of the rest of the championship squad that was left, except for Miggy and Dontrell, and then. Uh, yeah, but then Joe Girardi has them playing way over their heads in the Defensive Manager of the Year. So, yeah, and what happened with um, with Joe coming into it was, you know, he wasn't yes man, but he built a credible roster. But they were kind of stuck in flux of old men on out. But he did get us a championship. Why? Because we signed players we actually needed for positional fields. That's yep. when we got CC. Yeah, CC was huge. That's yep. when we got even AJ Burnett. And even though A.J. Burnett was great after the fact, sometimes you just need that one year compared to now. But we won't point fingers at Brian Cashman for this year's season just yet because it's got to be on air. Joe was a headache. We got the baby bombers. That's when we got um, Sanchez. That's when we got Judge. Even Giancarlo, I think, was young when he was traded in. On top of the, like, we don't count Starlin Castro. He got shipped away to Marlins. Yeah, so no, Starlin Castro is just one of those guys. I mean, it's not like, you know, Mech Warriors 5 mercenaries. You can get that on Steam, you know? You can be your own weapon of yeah. war. I, I used to play 3 all the time when I was younger on my computer. It was great. Yeah, um, a long time ago but, for that series. Dear Lord. But Joe Girardi is, because when you think about him, he wasn't the greatest player in his position, but he was a vet. So sometimes I think what happened with Joe is the people he had, he didn't want to be patient with the rookies. He wanted to work with the vets. And the vets loved him, but there was concerns about the young guys, a.k.a. Aaron Judge, who was the crutch of my existence sometimes. And we get Aaron Boone. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny. Well, I mean, yeah, he kind of worked himself to that point, right? Because at the beginning with the Marlins, it's like, okay, you're just a team full of rookies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, this is how you start out. This is how you start out in baseball. You don't just get handed the, the keys to a championship squad immediately without any experience. And then he graduated gets himself a ring at that point it's like okay yeah i'm one of those guys that you put in when you want to win it all which is what he's trying to do in philly but it's philly and all the teams there are frauds so that ain't gonna work out. <laughs> yeah, sorry. which is weird because now joe girardi's over on in philly and i can't tell you if they have that young team aside from who they have uh won the knicks or not the knicks won the mets which was Syndergaard. yeah they have a uh, bryce and I think everything else is just accomplished. Oh, they have Real Muto. Yeah. So he's kind of getting that blend of young and vets. But Reese I, I Hoskins is one of the young guys there. But it, and he's got Didi. Didi's there as well. That's Gregorius. right. Former. And that kind of goes in the trend. You you bring the guys that you know are loyal. But I, I think what happened was the Baby Bombers came in. We didn't want to renew Joe. Was there reasons to renew Joe? Yeah. Was there reasons not to renew Joe? Sure. But I don't think baseball is the way kind of like how nfl where you hire new dudes on the idea that i can maximize potential that that's a brand and that's a lie because there's plenty of guys who were hired to maximize potential players and they suck Kendall's not. um he was a tennessee Titans coach <laughs> I say that for sure when he got marcus Mariota. um they just knew it wasn't going to fit into or even like not everybody's a kevin stefanski who's like i can actually make baker mayfield good as opposed to freddie kitchens your prior was like i'm gonna make baker good and he's like i'm or Mike McCarthy going to Dallas and just not doing anything with that team. You've been their coach for like 12 years, bro. Um, and in NBA, it's always about more of, of I, I would say, I think you would agree with me too, is about minute restrictions, philosophical checks, and how to do your rotations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the coaches are kind of bring into it. And that's why we get a lot of um, repeats. We don't get a lot of new blood in NBA, even though they'll tell you that it is, partially because it's a good old boy system, as is all sports. 
Um, the same thing going on with baseball. That's why Tony Russo is now the manager of the Red Sox when Rick Renteria did nothing wrong. That's what I want when we talk about that second. Mm. But then comes Aaron Boone. So success in 2017. Yes, that's when everybody was kind of actually playing, not to the potential, but where they should have been. And then, of course, the cheating, the Astros. I will not say that we were purposefully losing, but Ross Chapman giving up that home run when there was a trash can um, situation in 6, 8, 7. Yeah, you know where I'm going. 2018. Okay. Alex Cora, cheating. No one wants to investigate the Red Sox, but why can't we just address it? That's me, where I sit and I die on that mountain. And then 2019, back at it, no cheating, allegedly. But that, I'm telling you, you know, homeboy, Rod Manfred did not look that far. It was stuck to 2017, didn't look into 2018, definitely, and I bet you they didn't look into ALCS in 2019 when they went. Thankfully, they lost the Dodgers. And then last was in between. But I told you, at the end of the season, when we got eliminated last year, what did I say? I don't want Aaron Boone on my team. I held to that. I'm sure other people did. But my problem with Boone is you don't know when to pull a guy. It really feels like it. It really feels that you don't know when to let the rotations out. You don't know when to sit certain people. Why is Sanchez still on my team? I know he's doing good now, but if you had traded him at the beginning of the season, maybe we get the rotation, guys. And my biggest problem with him, you can't tell Cashman that he effed up in the offseason at the winter meetings, and this was in the group chat, the way that Girardi and Tori did, because Girardi said, hey, this team sucks, let's go get some guys. Because that's why I'm stuck with Jameson Tyen, who is like 2 of 4, well, a 5 3 ERA, with Domingo Germain, who's still learning on it, because Cashman's like, I want to reduce pay flow, I want to pay all these people, I want to bring in Luis Severino when he's back in July. And then we had the gift of. Kluber, but Kluber's hurt, yep. and he's out, and yep. we're not second. So I'm stuck with Losega and Jordan Montgomery splitting, going this weird 4-2 range of innings. One will go four, another guy comes in two or three. It doesn't work, man. So I want him gone. Give me Rick Renteria, because at least with the young potential I was with the White Sox, he did good, and he was just blackballed because the White Sox owners – have a hard on, I'm gonna say like that for Tony Russo. Hey, look, Tony Russo's playing, managing fine. That's okay, you know. But I'll I'll give that guy a fair shake. He's not a sexy name for Rick Renteria. It's not crazy, but at least he kind of knows how to kind of. Call He's him. kind of been, and this might this might be the chance for him to graduate to this opportunity because he 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 was managing the Cubs when they were going through their rebuild initially, and then he moves on over to the to the South Side to do with the White Sox in their rebuild. And look what happened to both those teams. Yeah, they fired him both times, but <laughs> they fired him for, well, I mean, the Cubs went for the sexy guy, which was Joe Madden at that time, you know? Yeah, and then, I don't blame him, but... Yeah, and then you had the the the, the, the Yanks went with, like, the whole, oh, let's, let's hire a guy who doesn't have any experience and, you know, and yeah, that's not with Aaron Boone. That's what they went with. And so see, his... His managerial record is 309, 398. For some people, that's under 500. That's not a bad managerial record when that, you think about it because of where you're placed on a team. Buck right. Showalter's not a bad manager. Buck Showalter's win-loss record is probably inflated because he was on tanking teams. The same right. thing with Ned Yost. I believe Ned Yost won a freaking with, yeah, with World Series. And he had to go through some very bad years when he was with whom? Um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, before Milwaukee kind of gets a revelance. 
I'm not intimidated by Rick Renteria. I'm intimidated by getting the guys out of the only one that I would say get out of the booth because I'm just curious. He is Eduardo Perez now. Bring him on board. Get him out of MLB, ESPN stuff. Let me see what guy. I think he has some tact with him. But I want somebody who's kind of proven but just needs more potential. Yeah. It, it, he could be, to bring it to a football realm, he could be my Steve Young of, of manager. He had to sit and wait out because you know, some old guy took forever. Joe Montana. <laughs> to go and leave. And we want to see the investments. Because managing is a good old boy. So why shouldn't we take that approach? It's not, you had mentioned Mike Sosa too old too battered, too beaten. He's sick of management. You already know that. Um, I mean, is he, though? I mean, he's doing the... He's with Team USA right now in the Olympics. I feel like that's like a warm-up for him to come back. Side note, Ned Yost, a uh, World Series winner and a two-time back-to-back World Series manager, his career record is 12-03-13-41. My point proven. Correct? I would say from there. But I thought Mike was... Over sixty, but maybe it's because he was there. <laughs> Look what the LA. White Sox did with Tony Larusa. So there's no, there's yeah. no limits anymore. So it's just sixty-two. Renteria is um, fifty-nine. Um, and then can we get rid of Cashman? But the problem is, is if we get rid of Cashman, the devil you know is better I, than the devil you don't know. I, because if they bring in them Steinbrenners, like give me the cheap, and we just sell the farm completely. It I'm seems like that's now. Yeah, it seems like the the current Steinbrenners wouldn't get rid of them. It, it seems like they'll just let them, you know, the Yankees, look, the Yankees brand prints money. It just does. I don't know if these guys, I mean, they saw the World Series championships and all that stuff. They, I mean, I don't know if they have that same drive as their dad did. I don't know. And, you know, you know, what, which one's died? Which one died? One, one of them died, right? Not Hal, but Hank. Yeah. So I don't know if they're really as emotionally invested in the team now. I'm not sure. I mean, they're going to own them, obviously. It's you know cash cow but i don't know it might be there might be some down years here just but that, that's fine though because it's expected because we had down years from the 80s and 90s. unless there's a grand plan to turn them into what the dodgers are doing well this is what i would say is the grand plan if you want to be there i don't think the al east is that i think it's tough but i, I don't i don't lick the boots of the Red Sox, I'm not licking the boots of Tampa. The problem is we're too far back now to kind of get to it. But I think whom you decide to keep it, we're stuck with Giancarlo, but he's been playing fine. I'm actually going to say he's been playing fine. Judge is a determining factor. He's 29. He's on a one-year thing. I think he goes to arbitration. you got to decide if he's your multi-million yeah, John, dollar guy. Yeah, doing fine. He's, yeah. he's, he's stayed healthy. That's doing fine for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think if you had, like, Tossed out Sanchez, traded him, get that pitching. Hey, Aaron Judge hit a 434-foot home run. Look at that. Look at that. As I'm, like, talking that smack. But you got to determine. But, I mean, with Tampa, they've been on a slide. With Boston, we just couldn't beat the man. We came so close and we just couldn't come into it because of the bad pitching and the bad setup. But you need those pitchers. Oh, by the way, Trey, Trey Young was ruled out for game four. Uh, just just put it put it away, kids. Damn it. Health, health is the ultimate key uh... winning everything. We're not watching that later today. But it's aggravating because no team wants the rebuild. The Yankees are not like Oakland, who's like, this is really the window. Because Oakland's like every 10 years, you have a two, three-year window. You know what I mean? Or it's like yeah. purposely in how like Cincinnati used to be, purposely in how like you guys used to be before the Jeter organization. 
I, I don't want you to suck to tank for lottery picks, so that's a five-year investment when you're going to MLB draft. Um, it's not like football. It doesn't seem like the Yankees... Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if... Trying to think, it doesn't seem like you guys even really need to do that, to be honest. We don't, but you can you rebuild know, on the fly. To, but are we having to reload? And I say reload for next year, because get some guys that are young under contract. That if they're in for pitching, if they're in that weird area three to fours, good, fine, take it. You know, you go from there. That you know, maybe they haven't been able to do well on that field, that ball club. Maybe they need to do better mechanics, and then just get rid of it. He'll find another job if he doesn't go with the broadcast booth. Someone will hire him. He'll go to Cincinnati. But, watch. Yeah, they're, they're, he'll go to Cincinnati. He'll go to Pittsburgh. There's no such thing as lifers. And maybe you get those fresh stars. I'm hoping that Rick Renteria's tenure with us, if we do hire him, will be just like Gabe Kepler, who's now coaching over in San Francisco. And for some reason, with standard good coaching and managing, they're just a juggernaut at that moment. I mean, yeah. Maybe sheesh, man. That. The, the Giants found a way. It seemed like they, they – I don't know if – I can't even say if it's a rebuild on the fly because they got a bunch of old guys still on that team. You kind of remember pseudo-competitive last year. It's just I think they tanked out at the end. Uh, No. Actually, no. It was just kind of like they just – they couldn't keep up with the other wildcard teams. Like they – they were probably like one game out from making the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, but so that, that was a show. Maybe the potential was there. And Gabe Kapler was the guy he used to be manager. What was it for the Phillies? And also, I think they, yeah, he was with the Phillies before that. Um, yeah, sometimes you need a chance here. You cannot look at records as a basis um, for managers to get that opportunity. This ain't like the NFL when you look at Hugh Jackson. Like, oh, it's one of fifteen, but when it came on board, guys, well, I mean, you've made them. examples already of of Ned Yost. Say, so, hey, man, the guy lost most of the places he was at, but it's only because, you know, you're managing the Milwaukee Brewers who were you know, mediocre to bad team most of their seasons with him. And he had, like, one playoff appearance with them. That was it. Then goes to KC, and they were going through a rebuild, but they hired him because they're like, well, I mean, this guy knows how to work with young guys and stuff like that. And, and then they seem to find – and they knew their window. The Royals knew their window. They they're like, right, they're like, hey, we have like three seasons to do this. <laughs> this is right. that's it, and then we gotta tear it all down. And yeah, they knew they exactly their window, and then they tore it all down. They're trying to do it again, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But sheesh. Well, to, to focus it still on baseball about our team specifically, I'm here. I am advocating for the firing of my current Yankee manager. How, how are you feeling about okay. Don? So the Marlins, well, today, the, guy. The, uh, the Marlins made a trade today. So we got rid of one of our outfielders, Corey Dickerson. For Joe Panic, right? And a reliever for Joe Panic, a prospect, like a like a pitching prospect. And and we gave the Blue Jays some, some Canadian fun bucks. So Joe Panic's only thirty. I thought he was so old. Yeah, he's like no, he's been in the guy. league since twenty fourteen. Won World Series with the Giants, the last of the three of that dynasty or whatever. And then the, and then what was it? The, uh, and then he's been around other. I think where else has he been he around? In the Mets, right? Uh, I think there he went to Toronto, and obviously where we got from, got him from. So he's been hanging out, just just chilling. You know, I mean, 
That's a cheap Pop salary to it. Maybe playing Japan's number one strategy card game for sure. You know, what's it? What's this play called? New, they got a new Shadowverse expansion. All right, Shadowverse. There you go. Got beautiful characters, characters. storylines, and animations. So get get your get your. We got a bunch of video games today, man. They know. They know what they, we. They, they heard the post E three show. Yeah, for real. McDonald's has stayed away from us <laughs> since we talked about them. <laughs> McDonald's, we. Hey. We are going to try it. I might even try it after the show. I did not eat. You know what I had before I came here? I had six Who Oreo cookies. Who knows where you'll be on the draft board? We don't know. All right, we, there's some classics there that we that have to be up there. You know the and Big Francisco's Mac is up there. And out west, he might have had a Jack in the Box. I've never had a Jack. Are we including breakfast items on this as well? Like, ah, that's dangerous. I, I don't eat fast food <laughs> breakfast items that often. But if I did, I would need three. I mean, because that breakfast baconator is unholy good. Um, the breakfast quesadilla from Taco Bell or, or whatever is pretty good. I haven't had it for like four years. And I'm just then, saying. Um, like the cinnamon roll. Thing. The egg McMuffin. Oh hell no, man! You go for their sausage. Burritos. The McGriddle. I don't know what it is, but their sausage burritos are the best thing for me for breakfast. Mm. Big, big, and then uh, Burger King has the excellent burrito, which is like mega huge. Like if you get like super <laughs> drunk one night, go wild party, you ate fine. Oh. Joe Panic is making one point eight million dollars. Yeah. I think that's it. and he's on. Oh no, it was a salary dump. The Marlins are the Marlins are freeing some money for. I don't know. The Marlins right now, the Marlins are kind of in a weird position. They're, they're you know, we're in last place in our division, but we're not as terrible as everybody thought would be, you know, they're, they're just, you know, a mediocre team. That's it. All right. We just haven't had it together. Guys haven't been healthy and just not hitting. Our pitching's fantastic. We got a big three right now with our, our starters with Daniel Contra, Pablo Lopez, and, and uh, the who should be the rookie of the year, Trevor Rogers, at this point. Oh, excellent. I but, watched a few Marlins games. I saw Al, Al, I say Alcantara, but I'm sure I'm butchering. I've seen him and um, Trevor pitch. Very impressed. Yeah, you know they have control. <laughs> By the way, if <laughs> just just to let you guys know, because I am a prominent member member of Marlins Twitter, if Sandy Alcantara is visiting your city, uh, hide your kids, hide your wife. Because that man, that man is all over Instagram, into the DMs for a bunch of chicks in your city. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, it, 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 we're lucky he's good because I doubt Marlon's Twitter would would uh, would take his horniness very well if he sucked. Listen, listen, don't hate that game. Oh, no. Hell. Hey, man. Shoot your shot. You're a major league baseball player. Go for it, man. Just go for it. Okay, what where was I? Oh yeah, but Don it's Mattingly. yeah, Don Mattingly. I mean, there's a I lot of four years. He, yeah, let's see. Yeah, he was hired in 2015, something like that. Yeah, 2015. 2015. Why does it feel shorter? Are we just giving a mulligan on those first two years when he was just sipping my ties? Well, I mean, let's see. It was the first, let's see, first three years, Jose dies. They break up the team. Going through the rebuild now. I mean, I think they're just giving him the benefit of the doubt right now at this point to see what he can do. I mean, so yeah, he was manager in 2016. Okay. So, five year plan. Jeter came aboard three years ago. Yeah. 
let's see, 20... Yeah, 2018 was, uh, yeah, first year. Yeah, because I remember those first two years, it was like whatever because it was the biggest salary dump. And Mattingly was record right now per Wikipedia, kids. Per Wikipedia, so this might not be correct. 784 to 805, so he's a good manager. Well, remember how he started. He was handed a pretty good Dodgers squad. The best Dodgers squad. So he... That yeah, was so good that they fired him for Dave Roberts. It, yeah, I mean, he was handed... Remember, he was the uh, uh, Joe Torre's understudy, so yep. that's why he got a pretty good Dodgers squad to start so he that's kind of bumped up by all those years in LA and now here in Miami all that losing and here we go I, I don't know I mean he's stuck around and maybe he likes Miami maybe he likes the the opportunity to kind of mold a team in his image in a sense Derek likes him. yeah, yeah oh well you got to remember I mean Madden Lee was there in Jeter's rookie season when he when he came up so there's there's a sentimentality there we know well, that a Joe connection too, because you know Joe's probably because Joe Torrey is the Andy Reid, I would say, or I, I would even go further, the Bill Parcells, you know, coaching Brand Street. But except Torrey wasn't just managing and all the people that he hires as coaches, how he influences players, but also Joe Torrey is like operations or was operations. Yeah, with Major League Baseball. Yeah. So he can probably put so much input, so it might have guided, you know cheats a little bit in yeah that even how to be an executive i think and you gotta also remember i think derek jeter derek jeter wants the marlins to be yankee south you know that i mean yankee south not the yankees as they are constructed right now charles 90s late to, uh, early 2000s yankee south let's just say 1999 2001 yeah that's exactly what he wants he wants the team to operate in that same manner no, no flashy, whatever. Just, just exactly, exactly as it was. So right now, the Marlins have the pitching, and they have the pitching prospects. He's trying to get that core. He wants his Jeter. He wants his Bernie. He wants his Jorge. Okay. He wants his Alex. Yeah. <laughs> and that right. man might come up if they offer right for Aaron Judge. I'll and, pass him on to you guys. He wants his Tino. Okay. And then he'll trade in for, for the Paul O'Neill or, or, or Scott Brocious or, or what have you, okay? Or Chuck Knobloch. He'll trade in for those, just, just those guys right there, and then go from there. Uh, I, can, I, can I interrupt? Yankees 3-5 over there with uh, the Angels is who we're playing <laughs> and what I'm saying. But guess who's on the mound? Jameson Tallinn. He's mm-hmm. in three innings, uh, five hits, three runs, three yard runs, and only two yeah. strikes and two homers. 535 year. I want this man out. <laughs> Just, oh, it has been a con- This is basically a niche that cannot be scratched. But I, I think Jeter is building the right team because, yes, code. Can we say, can we say the C word? Uh, pandemic season. It does, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. At this um, point, who cares? <laughs> yeah, COVID season, you guys still got into the playoffs, which mattered. But you, you can take a mediocre season and if you put it in the right place. And I think you have the infrastructure who's now after the first three years, realizes who the potential players are, who aren't the players that well, follow up on potential, and they plug like, in those free agent vets. That, that's the big question right now with the trade deadline coming up, is we already got Dickerson out of the way. We have a bunch of other guys that have expiring contracts. You have Adam Duvall, who, I mean, he can rake. He can rake, but obviously because he can rake, he's also, he can get very cold. But... That's it. But uh, they're very valuable for a team 
on a postseason run. Because if he gets hot at the right time, that's great. What's then his you position that he plays? He's a right fielder. Oh, right fielder. Or he put a stick him at DH if he's in American League. So there that's you go. That's what I was about to say. Them Rays and them Red Sox. Yep. Looking at that, so so there's Adam Duvall, and you know the Marlins are trying to make room for their these rookies. I mean they they got to play, and so Corey Dickerson's out. I mean he was already injured, so the Blue Jays are just kind of hoping he recovers so that they can make a wild card run if they if they want to try and get that second wild card spot. But then there's was it uh we got that i mean the uh miguel rojas which the marlins say he's pretty much safe because he's basically like the captain of the team he's probably going to be he's going to get a job with the team somehow some way i don't know where front office i have no idea but he's he's going to be doing something significant with the team going heck he might even be the manager (laughs) i could see that happening if the Marlins let go of Mattingly and just have Miguel Rojas as the manager, that could be a thing. But so there's Miguel Rojas, and then I think the big fish huh, is Starling Starling Marte. Starling Marte right now. Funny is not blowing up rats on Instagram saying yeah. it's from somebody else. Yes. So Starling Marte, who a bunch of teams would love right now. All right, veteran outfielder knows how to play, knows how to hit. Pretty much very dependable. Doesn't get injured very often. I could see the Marlins getting a nice an a nice bit of prospects for him or something like that. So I, I because he's on an expiring contract. We got him from Arizona last year and he was in the cheap too. Cuz I remember that's where Arizona was kind of like the Diamondbacks were kind of weird it's kind of like they wanted to compete but they also weren't willing to spend money for it but somehow the guys played over their heads which kind of gave them the false sense that they could compete and then you saw what happened this year they also <laughs> eat up that contract as that cranky that's why they sent out a couple years ago yeah yeah exactly yeah, that's why you call it kids good on paper yeah so so Marte and I don't know if we can extend him. He's like you know he said all the right things. I love Miami and all this stuff. Yeah, I get that, but you know some some playoff contenders that could really use him and yeah. That... I mean, if you trade him not for prospects but teachable hitters, it's a win-win. Right. And what people need to realize the whole purpose of the lineup in baseball is that what, one through nine. Yes, we would love home runs from everybody, but everybody just has to know their role. Yeah. You're my sluggers, you're my back connectors, you're going to get me to second, you're going to just not strike out. Yeah. Um, don't be like a certain uh, Chris Davis who all he does is strike out. I don't even know if he's playing anymore. Um, yeah, he's in Baltimore. <laughs> they have to play him. He's he's, he's getting paid that much. And they suck anyway, so the Miles will tank. Yeah, it's just terrible. And he's so untradeable, but with a team like that and right now technically speaking NL doesn't have a DH so you can really just put in those guys that you think you know would be teachable hitters so if you gotta let Marte go but you get two guys that are gonna be sustainable then that's what you do because the thing that people need to remember is we look so much on the offensive side of players but we forget that defensive side how many errors are you committing with the defense how often does it happen bad shifting 
outfield, you know, when you know how to shift left, right, spread it out a little bit, know to do the cutoff, man. So if you can get those serviceable players, not just teachable hitters, but serviceable players who can kind of be good, not golden glove winners, because that's just that, that's not in the perfect world. In the perfect world, you don't have a lineup of all these strong hitters whose slugging is super high, and they're also silver gold glove for the defensive field. But... You can get those vets. You get those guys. Who, the Joe Pagans. I remember Joe Pagans. Like, oh, I didn't know he was still around because he's kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But maybe that's the guy that can help out, right? Maybe. I mean, I, I, either way, I think it's more of a just freeing up salary and maybe the Marlins can actually be aggressive this offseason. I'm not even sure. Maybe they keep Marte and try and aggressively keep him on board. I'm not even sure about that either. That's the prop, too, and that's the one thing I need Jeter to understand. Because I don't think he understands this. I feel like it's a Miami thing, too. Because aside from the Heat and the Dolphins, don't spend either. If you make guys good and you build them up, but then you trade guys to free up salary, but at the end of the day, you don't pay the people the proper pricing that they want, what it's going to result into is just insustainability. And you're going to have to be back in the cycle of trading guys to free up salary for the next group of prospects. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, you want to be the Pirates. You don't. <laughs> Funny, which is where Marte was. Reds. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two teams are, you know, if anything, let me be like the Detroit Tigers where I had my window of insignificance and I had my window of just putting in all these people, paying the vets, paying the young guys, keep them so long, and then just sucking absolutely and then getting that no good dirty cheater um, as my manager. Those are the Astros. Mm. Who's name I forgot right now? AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch, because he's in hell right now. I love it. I yeah. love it. That's right. He's in hell. It's beautiful. He's he's got a he's got to try and uh, yeah. He's basically yeah. He had to restart, man. He he did the same thing. What they did the same thing in Houston, where he's like, oh, you know, tanking team, and then they improved and all that stuff. But then you know, of course, trash cans happen, and now he's got to do it all over again. But he's got to do it the right way. See what happens in Detroit. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, last thing I want to say, let's see, about the Marlins is it's just the hitting. we got to find guys who can hit. It's so inconsistent. And you see, I didn't believe you until I watched that game versus them in St. Louis and the color crap. Oh, no. You have a pitcher who can go eight deep, and no one can even get on first. Man. Yeah, that, that series against the Cardinals was in- incredibly frustrating. They lose two games, two to one, and then lose the last one, one nothing, where a you know, pitcher throws a complete game for the fish and then you head off to Chicago and you blow out the Cubs the first two games by scoring like 22 runs in those two games <laughs> Cubs are the ultimate fraud team they're going to look good on paper oh David Ross and, is about to know and they're going to get bounced and they said you saw it last year they lost to the Marlins the Cardinals were beaten by the Pirates last Sunday the final <laughs> score was 7-2 to two. thanks Siri don't know why you talked about her for some reason but sure <laughs> i think she means that we should probably head on over to a word from our non-sponsors she's, she's tired of this baseball talk so people places things concepts what have you that we've been enjoying over over the last week charles so uh let's see where shall i begin because you started last time Andrew's not here, so I should get a second one ready, just in case as well. Um, 
let's see what was I, I god man I, i've been i mean i've been consuming a lot of media lately cuz i wasn't for the longest time and i've just been catching up on a bunch of stuff and it's been enjoyable it's been enjoyable so far i mean i played the doom dlc played through that already uh played through the Hyrule warriors dlc played through the um, i got ninjala dlc cuz it was like 99 cents and you know i had bunch of leftover whatever on my switch account so i'm playing through that at the moment so there's just been a bunch of stuff that i've kind of been been consuming as of late but what the heck was that i sure I, actually you know what let me let me see i think what the the thing that i've been let's see aside from the chicken <laughs> i can't i can't talk about that no more I swear it is a. I have a problem, Charles. It's an abusive. Problem. I've had I've had it seven times. Yeah, I've had it twice, and I was thinking about today. I, if I get past me today because it's a cheat day, but maybe I'll get that spicy chicken sandwich from McDonald's. There, there, right. We I mean, <laughs> I mean, look. So like, like today, today I was driving home, and you know I was using ways so I get across the traffic and all that stuff, and. On my way, I'm passing by the good Burger King that I found. And I thought, I knew this, I had to get home so I could put on the show and all that stuff. But I'm like, I had a thought. I had a brief thought like, can I stop by, go through drive through real quick and grab a sandwich? Even though I already ate for the day. I'm like, like I legitimately thought about it. I'm like, no, I must resist. And I did. I feel like they need to make a junior chicken for you. A chick prince. Princess, whatever works appropriately because that stuff it's it's a hunker too kids it is so thick it's like the you know lexington steel of chicken sandwiches it's massive yeah yeah so 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 that's that's kind of been my my thing lately with with the chicken and all that stuff just trying to resist it but okay so the the thing i, I, I been reabsorbing stuff from youtube for sure uh, one of the accounts that I've been following, let's see if I can actually type this in, please. There we go. Is it's it's called Baseball Doesn't Exist, which is a, a great a great name if you want to catch people's eyes who actually like baseball and and this guy makes like short but almost documentary basically style videos about baseball he talked about this this filipino little league team that got banned uh the baseball cheating scandal like he has a really in-depth video as to the whole like sticky foreign substance thing that's that's gone on by the way somebody already had their glove and hat confiscated already yeah um the guy from the mariners yeah exactly that that was fun the He's done a, a great video about Josh Donaldson and why he's so angry. Uh, I did one about Jose Fernandez, which I guess kind of tells you what you kind of need, you know, just need to know about the end of his life, which uh, wasn't great. Wasn't great at all. This, his video about Zach Granke will make you a Zach Granke fan. If you're not a Zach Granke fan right Who's now. Huh? We hate Zach Granke. I don't really. Hate no, nobody should hate Zach Granke, but some people used to. 
but watch his video about Zach Granke. I, I highly recommend this channel. He's got a video about why everybody hates A-Rod. That's a half hour long, by the way. Oh, that is a half hour long. Uh, he's got a Garrett Cole video on how he's cheating. You know? <laughs> what makes Aroldis Chapman so scary? He's got that video up there as well. He's got a Jose Canseco video. That's always a fun, fun watch. Uh, he's got the whole video about why Ted Ted Williams' head is frozen. <laughs> Somewhere in a lab, I think in Florida. So, so it just great videos, great videos. I, I I I've been really really enjoying it. He's his early stuff is a little rough, but you can just see how much he's improved since then. He's got 171,000 subscribers. That used to be a lot smaller, and I think some. Some of the other baseball YouTubers are starting to notice his stuff. So he's already verified now on YouTube, meaning if you ever watch a MLB game on YouTube, he's one of the few people that can actually comment on the game. So, man, I kind of wish they would open up that up to the public. I want to see how how crazy the comments would be. Because <laughs> YouTube comments are already terrible enough as it is. I just want to see the free-for-all when there's a baseball game going on. Uh Anyways, yeah, baseball doesn't exist. Promo code. Yes, it does. <laughs> there. And I'll think of a second one while you do yours, Charles. Well, I got to say, I was thinking about using some media content, but I think I could shift that to next week because I'm going to go into something that is always a favorite subject of mine. That's food. Um, I had never really liked any kind of Greek food. Not because of the fact that I think it's nasty, but just because when we get that Suzuki sauce, my stomach's done. I remember going to the Greek place that was on, that was at FIU, and then having that, I'm like, I'm not going to class. What yeah, Greek place in FIU? There was a Greek place? Greek like, yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, um, I never had it, that's for on sure. On the main college campus, but... Oh, okay. So, the fam, they come and say, hey, you want a gyro? I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't eat fast food, fine, whatever, I haven't had one in, what, some time, but... A very long time but you know i'm on that workout session i'm going healthy i'm like let me get that high bit of meat and protein but there's not a specific place i go to like i think the last time i had a jar was like seven years ago so that goes to show how it's kind of like i outdated but then the family they, they go and bring me mr gyros which is a greek mediterranean restaurant they have in there and i got their little um <laughs> little but I, I got their beef and lamb combo gyro, and it is fat, and it is stacked, and it is marinated perfectly. My mouth is watery right now as we speak with all little ins and outs on that pita What bread. was the place called? Mr. Gyro's. Mr. Gyro's, where? Uh, in Stewart, so, oh. or Barton County. And it's a franchise, so I think they have other ones that are spread without. But it was just, it was it was cracking, man. It was so meaty, it was good. I was telling you know, my family, I'm like, ah, we'll, we'll take you there, go from there. If you haven't had a lot of gyro food, anything like that. But then I went back again in the week. I was treated like the uh, the McChicken, or not the McChicken. We, we, we will see what that spicy crispy chicken. Well, I was treated like the chicken, mm. um, where I went back and I went in person and I had it Sunday because I'm like, I worked out. I worked out Saturday. I'm like, you know, let me, if I, if I want to get something heavy, but it's not fast food based, let me at least get with that. And they have, Francisco, I kid you not, a, a hot sauce gyro. 
like it's a buffalo saucer or something. I love that. That calls me. That's my siren song. I'm not Odysseus avoiding the siren. I am Odysseus' voice. <laughs> like oh, I can't help it. Anything that has buffalo sauce, and I didn't even have to get the chicken. They're like, do you want it with the lamb? I'm like, can I get that with the lamb? Mm. And I get that side of fries, and it was just so good, man. For like ten dollars, it's a hunk of meat. With the pita and everything else in there. And I did the Suzuki sauce on size. I did my fries. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know better. I can't go cool, crazy on this. Um, I looked to see what Suzuki sauce was made of. But Mr. Gyros is the local Greek joint by me. I will go there frequently. It will be part of my rotation when I want something quick to eat, but not fast food. I'm very happy with it. There's some other things that recipes that come in there. But you get your beef, your chicken, your lamb. I've had lamb before. I like lamb. I was at Sauron a couple months ago. And, uh, and down by Clematis, and I had their lamb chops and I was good you know yeah yeah the lamb chops my brain's going to different things as I'm thinking about food and where mine takes me but I, I've enjoyed it there's new stuff that go in there um, as you see with the menu that's very minimalized but I think you can see even my love that is the uh, the special chicken and gyro lamb that they have in there on top of other stuff the buffalo lamb it's just so good Mr. Gyros get yourself something healthy-ish then fast food that it is not like they sell that. They, it looks like they sandwich. sell that hot sauce my friend bruh like they i would, sell it I would separately. contemplate it i would contemplate it because it was something that was like the right kind of seasoning which my eyes lit up it wasn't hot it was tasty and they have other things too they have baklava which is their sweets they have falafel um which is little chickpea rolls that come into it I, i'm a simple man give me a gyro and give me some fries and we're good to go baby and i was th and the fries are actually really good too crinkle fries very well cooked um seasoned they have kebabs Get yourself a little taste of the Greek Mediterranean, even though I think the people who run it are not Greek whatsoever. I think they're just regular people, right? Um, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a franchise. So. It's a franchise. But damn it, 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 what it teaches us is that all ethnicities and nationalities and everything are linked together by seasoning, right? We're, we're going to teach you. Kids, we're going to teach you how to season your chicken. No more black pepper. We're going to teach you adobo. That's the same way when it comes to Greek franchise food. Um I was happy with it. It's going to be part of that rotation, man. And seeing that little, um, like, the beef racks that you see there in the bottom right corner, mm. I like seeing them cut it. I don't know what oh, it is. It, oh, no, that is one of those. Okay, there's a there's a Reddit page called Oddly Satisfying. Yeah, it's Oddly Satisfying. In fact, in fact, go, what's your promo code? Oh, oh pro promo code. I guess I got to do it because it's, it's a Greek thing, but my big fat Greek. My big fat Greek watch. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Okay. You know what? I was I was kind of I'm trying to figure out what I want for a second thing, but you know what? Let's let's go for <laughs> Let's go for our oddly satisfying. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to the down. We're going to the down right here. It's it's a it's a Reddit page, a subreddit. Yeah, sports equivalent of it for us. Yeah, exactly. So it's a it's a group that just Posts very oddly satisfying images and or videos that just make you make you feel good when you, when you see them, you know. So it's just that 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 human nature to see something like. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out a nice way to show it here. I wish they had like a gallery mode, but I guess it's as close as I can get on the video version. So what we have here, let's say that's an actual ad, but. You know these these neat cable arrangements you see there, and it's it looks it's oddly satisfying just how organized it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I can, I can see that, you know, oddly satisfying. I would say is uh, when you get the paper 
gliding through the pet, uh, with scissors. Yeah. Just, just some examples of weird stuff of who we are as human beings, kids. Yeah. And you got these, these sheep just kind of an aerial view of them being herded. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know, something oddly satisfying about that. Uh, tearing up this median. <laughs> as you can see here, just the way that they're doing it. I mean, for me, oddly satisfying, seeing the, the rim of a cup or, a, you know, a can holder or something when you're getting that fountain drink at McDonald's when you're getting your spicy chicken sandwich or lux, <laughs> you're going through it, like, doesn't pour over, but it's right at the same. That's oddly satisfying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, we say oddly satisfying is just the chef's kiss, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just... Oh, look at that. This, the way this guy paints his the stripes on every Rolls Rolls Royce for the last eighteen years, it's his only job, and he's painting perfect in, calligraphy. Yeah, and I think it's because I have like trash handwriting. You know, I think I think somebody who has the first time writing anything has better handwriting than I do. Perfect calligraphy, perfect key. Oh man, oddly satisfying. Color and book within the lines. That's oh, what this guy's doing right here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, this marbles falling down on this thing. Oh no, you know it was like oddly satisfying because I think I tried it once as a kid and I failed. Story of my life. Um, stacking up the dominoes in like a row and they all fall in sequence perfectly. Oh yes, 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 but... indeed. That's one of those. The way this guy just jumps through the ropes. It's 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 just it's just good. Whenever you just kind of I don't know if it's it's kind of like a visual version of what 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 do they call that ASMR or whatever. You just kind of just need to chill. You just need to to chill. No no the ultimate the ultimate. It's very rare that it does it, but the ultimate oddly satisfying when you're at the gas station and you're pumping your gas and it hits zero. Oh, when you just with the money is yeah, <laughs> and you get it right on the first shot. You kids are complaining about three dollar gas, but this is our opportunity to have an obvious ass <laughs> At least in Florida, at two ninety nine where I live, I can get it at the three. At the three, put in my ten gallons, thirty dollars. I, I would pepper needs new shorts. Oh yeah. Okay, so last, I guess one more board because I feel like it's 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 apple pole for us is uh, forbidden snacks, where they show Coward things. Town? It looks like whipped cream. It's it's whipped copper tone. I thought you were going to tell me like uh, pineapple on pizza, bro. <laughs> Stuff that's going to be like literally killing us. <laughs> there, see? One is chocolate, one is for the dishwasher. Look at that. Forbidden smoothies. What do they have as that? Garnier fructis. <laughs> Oof, Shampoo. Bloody. Yep. Uh, let's see. Probably uh, the same water smelling scent that's in your Jolly Rancher. <laughs> pulled pork that looks like pulled pork right there oh man that's a, this is only yeah. gonna make you hungry yeah let's see forbidden gum uh let's see forbidden cocoa puffs hmm. <laughs> uh forbidden peanut butter milkshake oh oh man i remember the the peanut butter peanut butter milkshakes i would make after my crossfit workouts Get that protein. Get that protein in there. Get the peanut butter. Get the bananas in there. Get the flaxseed all up in that. Ooh, man. 
bowels are fantastic the next day. <laughs> healthy fiber, kids. Yeah, for reals. Okay, forbidden cookies and cream milkshake. There we go. All right. Uh, forbidden chicken. There you go. All right, Fire so. Log. <laughs> there's, there's... So if Nikki Candle made a Colonel um, Seven Spices thing, you would buy that, right? I'm not the only person who's insane. If what? If if the uh, if the Colonel and Yankee Candle teamed up to have their fragrance be oh, was, was it seven or eleven spices? I think eleven was, herbs and spices. Yeah, I would buy that. Save the rat. Entire house would just you know smell like greatness. Yeah. Oh no, I I think I'm surprised they haven't actually done that because KFC is about to is a, <laughs> KFC is about to uh, oh, did, weren't they going to release a gaming PC? I think they were. I think that I was the colonel that was doing something. With yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Reddit, uh, forbidden snacks and uh, oddly satisfying. Uh, uh, promo code oddly tasty. Oddly tasty. There you go. Okay, and lightning is just absolutely crazy out here right now. Uh, yeah, it was great that McDonald's was sponsoring us during that segment. Oh. We promise you, it will come in time. I, if I have to do it, I'll do it. I, I just don't want to. It's like giving an ex a chance. Like, hey, you know, change. You're like, ah, I don't know. That was like so long ago. And then you're like, please, I've changed first, and then you have it. Can, can we... I'm going on the word to be you and Freddie. Yeah, okay, so so can we talk about Scotty Pippen? Oh, yeah, now it's time. We got that out of the way, because I think, I think he's going to take us to the cage. <laughs> Because, let's see, we are at, we're an hour 22, and, man, what is, uh, ever since the last dance popped out and we saw his hissy fit when he didn't take that last shot, like, he is, my goodness gracious, man. He's coming at everybody, man. (laughs) He is so angry. And, I I don't know, I, I think it's the hairdo? I don't remember him having the kind of, like, you know... Um, the style that he had now, but I don't follow Scottie Pippen. You know, I don't. I don't follow any NBA player. Once you retire, and you're not like uh, inside the NBA or anything like that. Game over, right? But he's coming in. He, he you know, still got a groove back, got a new look going on. He's got to throw some flames on every single person living. Tony Kukoc, you better watch out. Mm. Guys, guys, gonna stab you, bro. You know, is Scotty too hotty from WWE World? There you go, because he's too hot to handle right now. So how do we want to approach Scotty first? The the Twitter war with KD, the calling Phil uh, Phil Jackson racist in spirit. I want to start with KD because we we here at, at the show we love KD. We love him. I love so, Kevin Durant. I love it. his whole demeanor with the media. I love his whole we demeanor on t- after him. Exactly the real MVP, and Kevin Durant is still the real MVP. And it's, <laughs> I I don't understand. Scotty Pippen coming after Kevin Durant. Why? Why is Why isn't he just enjoying his retirement? He, he's blaming KD for the Brooklyn losing because he airballed the last shot. Where I'm like, you know, we take away the whole idea that KD was kind of like doing everything to help that team be relevant when James Harden wasn't doing well and Kyrie didn't show up. If anything, you can't throw the blame on. The other two guys are supposed to be there, but you got the wrong KD because he's terrible. It happens. Not that I like it, but it happens because here's the thing. If, if he airballed it, 
Okay, he still misses. But if he shot and he connected with the rim, he still might miss. Is that still KD's fault? You know? Yeah. I mean, they were just destined to lose that game. Plain and simple. Destined to lose that series. Plain and simple. And we're going to hate on it because, let me ask you this, my good sir. Now that KD has not been in my series, have I just given a crap about any other player aside from Chris Paul? That was my default. It was my alternate to the dance. Yeah. It, but I would say Durant made this playoffs interesting to how he was forcing himself yeah. to succeed in spite of nobody else being there. Right. Exactly. No, no the KD was trying to pull off a, I guess, LeBron pre-Miami Heat. Just... Is, is, is Scotty angry that KD instead wasn't trying to emulate his... Michael this year and getting swept in the first round. Mm. Swept, but out in the first round. Mm. What was it? Nineteen ninety four. Four. All right. I'm gonna check that as as you eat on that, um, because I think he was out in the first round if I remember correctly. Because ninety four was when the Knicks went to the finals, so it had to be that year. Ninety five was when the Magic d- defeated the Bulls in the first round. That's when um, Jordan came back at the the end of that season. So yeah, it's uh it, yeah, it's 94. It's 94. 94 playoffs. But yeah, bringing up the statistics to kind of talk smack about it, but it, it just kind of and you know, KD KD claps back, man. He's the one that told um Michael Rapaport. I mean, <laughs> he, he was threatening him, remember? <laughs> okay, so here's here's what Here's what Scotty said. Yeah, has he surprised? I, don't, I forgot how Scotty's picking sounds, but <laughs> it, the Bulls lost to um, the Knicks in the second round. So basically, yeah. he pulled at you, Scotty. Yeah. Instead, it wasn't a Tony, Tony Kukoc from there. <laughs> has he surprised LeBron? Nah, he tried to beat the Milwaukee Bucks instead of utilizing his team. LeBron James would have figured out how to beat them. KD is a shooter, scorer, but he doesn't have what LeBron has. That's one of the things he said. Then he kept talking. He had some other stuff here. That's right, because I sent that to you. I'm like, good. Yeah. KD, as great as his offense was, he didn't know how to play team basketball. Was he even watching the game? Not even sure. No, he wasn't. He was was sipping on that, you know, some nice red wine. He, He kept trying to go punch for punch. And, of course, KD, not saying much. Not saying much. All he had to say was, "Did the great Scotty Pippen?" I don't know why I'm doing this in Sonic's voice from Sonic Adventure One. Did He's the great Super Sonic? Did the great Scotty Pippen refuse to go in the game for the last second shot because he was in his feelings? <laughs> I love KD. And you think that's <laughs> his coach drew there. up the play for a better shooter? <laughs> And you think that's where it would have ended. Oh, no. The saga continued. God. I I can't believe this spun off into this other thing. Mind you, this is a game that happened almost 30 years ago now. (laughs) So this happened, and let's see, this happened June 24th. It is five days later, right? Yep. Five days later today. And it's like, okay, all right, so Scottie Pippen, you know, uh, just wanting to be relevant still, you know, everybody gets on him. We saw the last dance. We saw what he did with the 94 
team and then you know feelings beat the knicks without jordan and then he got all up in his feelings as kd said we saw that he signed a horrible contract uh early on in his career instead of and, and you know regretted that obviously and that was kind of like a big deal for him towards the end of that last season with the bulls and you know he was have shoes made after him the way jordan's are yeah you know he's 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 holding out and all that stuff like i mean didn't star in space jam the sequel and says lebron james yeah you know scotty scotty felt like uh, uh was it nightwing a little bit just doesn't want to be under batman's shadow Turned into his own thing. I know Dick Grayson is my favorite DC character. So yeah, we better cross that territory there. Yeah, that's I, why, I that's say, why I kind of mentioned it. So <laughs> I, I would, I mean, no, because you have to understand, Dick could assume the mantle when Bruce died. We're going right. real nerdy here. Bruce oh, yeah. is killed, and one of uh, Darkus, no, no, Dark here, right there, exactly. Whatever. So Dick did at least assume the mantle. You have the Grant Morrison run of Batman and Robin coming into it. You have um, Black Mirror, which was like a storyline there. Scotty, I would say, oh, this is going to be some sacrilegious stuff that some people aren't going to be happy to. Scotty was basically having to be uh, either the human torch or the thing if Reed Richards and Sue Storm went off on vacation, they had to go and some stuff. <laughs> he, he was basically, no, even better for modern day Marvel stuff. He had to kind of be War Machine if Tony Stark took a break. He knows how to use the suit, but he doesn't know how to outthink his opponents. Ooh, mm. There, but I think that's better. Yeah, yeah, that's better. That's better. Because, you know, Scotty, you know there's a little bit of that edge. When Michael's gone, it's like, this is my team now. And it's like, okay, sir. <laughs> okay, sir. Because I, I think Mike took a lot of that. Because Phil is not an easy person to work with. Right. Anybody who's been coached by Phil Jackson will presumably tell you this. But there's a lot of people who happen to be coaches or assistant coaches in the NBA and former relatively notorious players who are still loved, dead or alive, um, that became better in the field because of it. Derek Fisher became a coach. He was the front of that. That's Tyron true. Who was a former Laker. That's true Shaw. as well. Indeed. You know, that a little bit. You know, yeah. into it because they took that front of leadership. They call him the Zen master because basically he just plays those head games. Scotty did do it. And I think sometimes... Sky might feel that regret too of what happened at the end of his career because he finished out on Trailblazers, right? I see, he was on. Was he? I think he was on that Jailblazers team. Yeah. I think he was. Oh, he went to the Rockets, and that was a disaster with him playing with Chuck. Oh, that was a disaster. Him, uh, Charles Barkley, and Hakeem were on that team because I think yeah, Clyde came. Drexler had already retired by that point. Yep, and he came back for that Swan song for Chicago, but he wasn't even utilized. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Scotty has a lot of regrets about his, the way his career played out, even though he still made the Basketball Hall of Fame and won six rings. I mean, you know, indisputably. And made his money. He made money, all right? He didn't make as much money, but, you know, he made money. That's when you blame your agent. Exactly, you know? You know? Not my fault that you couldn't, like, hold like, out. 17 seasons... Oh man, this is some trash money though. Seventeen seasons, six NBA championships, seven-time All Star, uh, a bunch of all Would defensive and all made, that stuff. He made get this. He Dream made team. thirteen seasons with the Bulls, a total of thirty-two million dollars in salary. With the four seasons with the Blazers, was yeah. only sixty-six. Yeah. 
Like, you know, that, that was undervalued. But, but, that's the business sometimes. And then he, let's see, he, yeah, he played with the Bulls, the Rockets, the Blazers, and then, what is this? He went to Finland to play for a season? Was it post? Yeah, it looked like. Yeah. And then Sweden? Back in. Yeah, yeah. that's 2008. I, I don't know what they offered him to play for whatever. I don't even know what happened, but he did that. So Scotty just wants attention, man. He's, he's, he just. And then we get to Phil. <laughs> yeah. And so he calls Phil basically a racist on the Dan Patrick show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to comment whether or not Phil Jackson's a racist. Phil Jackson's a dick. <laughs> but he's, he has been. I, 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 we got, he's got enough clout throughout the years, not just being a coach with the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Lakers, but also as an executive for the Knicks. Yeah. But we also kind of respect Phil because he's kind of like the Zen master. But then he was kind of on there saying that um, – and I'm paraphrasing. I listened to it once before the show today, and I was like golfing at the maniacalness of it and how Dan Patrick took it in stride. I don't know if you watched and listened to it, <laughs> but basically saying the drawing of Tony Kukoc on that last shot um, yeah. was inherently racist. And I think when you hear him further talk, it was kind of like the boost is oh, you had me in the season doing something, and I was a candidate for being MVP. I'm like, boy, soft landing from that high throne, mofo. Jesus. Oh, man. It's kind of great because I'm like, and I think they said, you know, in the locker room, which is fair, you know, anybody in the locker room, but it was so like unprovoked because I think that's the first time I've heard him. And there's a lot of people, you know, and mind you, reverence is reverence, but, you know, when you're out of the league, you might not get a backlash, but um, it just kind of came out of left field for me. And I'm like, oh, crap. Scott, and I just viewed it as Scotty's on that. You know that level of burning. He he maybe he was jealous of Kevin Durant of how he was petty, which I aspire to be. And he's like, I'm gonna amp it up and show you. I'm gonna show you the Pippin petty. Um, it's admirable, but he's also kind of the show's named after him. He's getting a long segment of it, but he's also our our Gottlieb goon for the week because the sub not kind of like makes sense. It kind of feels more like a hit trick reaction, but um, it, it, no bueno, no bueno. Ah, oh, Scotty, well. I can't wait to see what happens over the course of this week after this. You know what I'm waiting? I'm waiting for the Laker clap back. Because mm. Michael's never going to talk about it. You know, oh, no. Is, he's way is, too above this. To a God in that yeah, mentality. he's way too above this. Michael Jordan is very much like, I mean, he's in that pantheon of athletes. Derek Jeter, Wayne Gretzky, they they know. But you know they just Wayne know. Who's on tonight? Shaquille O'Neal. Because you know Chuck's going to say some stuff. <laughs> Chuck's going to say it. It's going to come out there. You all should be literally watching it later tonight with the Hawks going against the Bucks on TNT. Um, because. I mean, so okay, we, we got we to think. We Yeah, okay, so uh, just the context. All right, so, I mean, Kenny, Kenny played for the Rockets during that yeah. time. That's when they won their back-to-backs while with the Jordan-less Bulls and uh, whatever. And then, of course, Shaq played the Bulls in that 95 first round that eliminated the Bulls and then kind of restarted Michael Jordan's fervor for for basketball and just annihilating people. So there's that. Then you had Chuck, Charles Barkley, play with Scotty, and they didn't get along. There's videos about it. There's a uh, SB Nation video, a beef history between 
Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley. So that's that'll be pretty fun to to hear if Charles, you know, goes back to some of that experience with Scotty. He's like, hey man, this is Scotty's always been felt like the uh, the eternal understudy, you know. <laughs> and then Shaq, Shaq, I, I want to play for Shaq. Phil too. Play yeah. for Phil too, and you know, uh, see. Shaq, were there anybody that was there anybody that played on the Bulls and the Lakers that could Uh attest to that too? I'm not even sure. Not to my knowledge. I mean, remember the whole thing with Shaq and Phil was you know uh, favorite child Kobe. Yeah, and now Shaq basically wanted to choke out Kobe, and (laughs) Phil was like, "I'm gonna step on in." but I want to hear what Shaq would say because, like, Shaq kind of keeps it. Well, that's why I like Inside the Abate. They're all very real. Kenny's the only one who kind of does it for, you know, the, the PR purposes to kind of tone it down a little bit because right. he's got the TV show and stuff like that. Ernie's just there to, like, facilitate and crack me up. Um, but I want to see what happens. And also, you know, I, I think Chuck has a lot of respect for Mike too I think he has a lot of respect well, of course. for him. I think he kind of wishes he had that yeah, coaching they're, they're, they're golf buddies they're whatever yeah. you know? and then I, I don't think Scotty has as much friends post retirement in that sense I'm speculating of course we're all speculating here folks right um, it's just this is what it, it, it took us so far back that, or we were taken so far back by these statements um, that I'm like I have to speculate it's going to be fun Oh. But it, 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 I think people are going to watch Inside the NBA because wouldn't you want to see what those statements were like? I would. Oh, no. People it's, people got on the DVR. Don't worry. My Don't favorite worry. thing that I've seen on the Twitter is Kobe looking down from having one. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, score updates. Let's just real quick. And then I can jump a little bit into game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, just a little bit, not that much. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, Hawks are up 15-9 right now. Start out here in the first quarter. Game two between Montreal and Tampa is tomorrow. If it's another blowout, then just hand the cup to the Lightning already. I can't have Andrew win. Yeah, well, it's just very disheartening. Well, we talked about that. Actually, I'll talk about that afterwards about the conversation me and him had about the final. But uh, Yanks are spanking the Angels at this moment. What's the score? Ten to three. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Aaron Boone, hear my rage. (laughs) Oh boy! So now even Tyone can mess up that, can he? I don't. I I mean, I don't know, man. He's still pitching. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, Marlins are down one nothing to the Phils, as Trevor Rogers is doing all that he can with that 2.07 ERA, and yet the Marlins just can't effing get a hit. They only have two hits right now. Okay, I guess he uh, no RBI single to Andrew McCutcheon, so I guess he got in trouble early on in the game in the first inning, and he's been lights out since because the Phillies only have one hit on him, and the Marlins can't score. So F me, and they're playing in Philly, which is a noted Harris ballpark. Ugh, frustration. Nats up 4-2 to on the Rays. The Blue Jays up 3-0 on the Mariners. The Red Sox winning 5-4 to at the moment against the Royals. 
San Diego, 3-1 over Cincinnati. Braves and Mets, nothing-nothing. The Orioles winning 1-0 over the Astros. That's probably not going to last long. Twins up 2-1 on the White Sox. That probably won't last long either. Brewers up 1-0 on the Cubs. Cardinals and Diamondbacks are playing. Pirates and Rockies and then a bunch of other late West Coast games. So there you go. That's the baseball stuff. That's what's going down. So, okay. So let's see. We got Stanley Cup final. Game one happened. I was hoping, just hoping Montreal would put up a little bit more of a fight. Just a little bit. Just, just. It's show. just one game. I know. And but yes. It's not the game you want to lose that badly. And it wasn't that bad after two, all right? It's two to one. So, okay. So, Montreal has some life there. But then the three goals in the third period for the Lightning. And it's like, ugh, please. Not like this. Not like this. But, yeah, me and Andrew, we, 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 had, some, we had some lunch yesterday at Tap 42. Got myself a nice chicken sandwich over there. Very nice. Made me feel real guilty for eating it, but for chicken tender sandwich. Got avocados. Oh, and is that what you sent me a picture yeah, of? Yeah, that's what I sent you a picture of, man. Bastards. Uh, big old sandwich. Huge. I couldn't even finish my... F- I couldn't even finish the damn sandwich, actually. I was that full. I couldn't finish my fries or the sandwich. Really, I was on the second half of that. And uh, just couldn't... Just couldn't stomach all of it. Oh, man, I, I feel real guilty for feeling that way but at the same time my, my stomach has shrunk so there you go anyways uh we were talking about the final i'm like how do you feel andrew how do you feel because for me it's it's the same chris paul thing right it's like hey it'd be nice to see chris paul you know get to the final and maybe maybe win one right maybe and the same thing for carrie price carrie price is my age which is like one of those like ah, oh, what have I done with my life type of moments? But it's like he's uh, he's thirty three. He's played since he was twenty years old, I believe. So he's been in the league a long. He's been one of those. He's one of the few goalies that was like one of those prodigy goalies that actually lived up to the hype. That that was just start like a very there's not many goalies a lot of times the goalies kind of really have to like marinate for a long time in the ahl before they come up and be lights out in in the nhl but uh carry price didn't have to stay that long down there after moving up from junior so you think he played maybe one season in the ahl and that was it he was full time and in Montreal and uh we won Vesna trophies and and that, and all that stuff he's got the hardware but just never the Montreal just never had a team that that got a chance to go all the way and now the team that was probably the most improbable to get there does get to the Stanley Cup final and here he is with his probably I can't. I don't know if I can say it's this lone shot at the cup. I mean, Montreal's got some nice young pieces and that type of stuff. But I don't know if these guys are just playing in over the heads and it's just this miracle run that's happening. But this is a shot. He's got it. And I asked Edgar, "How do you feel, man?" He's like, "Man, it, you know, if the Lightning hadn't won last year, I'd probably be like, you know, f Carey Price." But 
he kind of feels a little a little sentimental for the guy. Hey man, this guy, he's a really nice dude. I mean, a lot of hockey players are really nice dudes. But uh yeah, even, even your beloved Brad Marchand, Charles. Brad Marchand. He's a, he's a really, you know, he he stick, sticks up for for people off the ice, okay? All right. So I I want to see Carey Price win it. I, I'm tired of Champa Bay, obviously. Preach. At the same time, I fear what would happen if the Montreal Canadiens once again won the Stanley Cup championship. They have the most in league history. Because we live in Florida. And South Florida. And the... The inundation, the, the locusts that are the Quebecois that come down for the Habs games when they face the Panthers and even the Lightning too, is notorious. If they're the Stanley Cup champions, I cannot imagine the ratio that that would be. Because, hey, tickets are cheaper down here than they are up there for those people. It's actually cheaper for those for people to, to pay for a trip all the way down to Florida to watch a Habs game here and get better seats than they could ever get up in Montreal. So, you know when it's going to be unbearable in yeah. December when the snowbirds come down. Of course, and, and you know that soccer Ole song? Ole, ole, ole. Yeah, that's, that's their... They... they they appropriated it as their thing. So that's what they chant during games, and it's annoying as hell. I, I can't imagine what would happen. So that's what I fear. But at the same time, Tampa's hubris is getting too much for me right now. And it's not just Tampa's hubris for the hockey team. Is that There's a possibility that Champa Bay goes back to being a, a great team setup, possibly. Lightning, the Buccaneers who brought back everybody, and maybe the Rays if they go through the whole thing. But granted, not, there's no Chompa Bay because you didn't win it all. Yeah. Right? Same as it. But Andrew is reliant on it with his mm. misinformation, with his fake news about <laughs> victories. I raise you Chompa Bay, I, I, then I bring you the whole LA championships where Dodgers and Lakers, but, you know, football, there was nothing with the Chargers or the Rays. It, you have to be. You have to complete the holy trinity of the major sports in the country. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's, it's 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 tough. Yeah, you need at least three. Three. If your if your city has three of the of all four, you need at least three of the four. Yeah, you you can't get. Uh, man, I mean, and Florida doesn't count either, because you can't go Florida. Ch- I mean, you could if you really want to sell it out, but Tampa at least has this whole thing. Florida, it's just because there is no Florida basketball team except for the Miami. You, we don't count the. <laughs> we, we talked about contraction and uh, uh, expansions. I can live without the Orlando Magic. Aside from that one-year run with Stan Van Gundy um, going to the finals. I, I could see somebody buying the Magic and just like, just relocate them to Tampa. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Raptors played there for a season. Yeah, and that, that's the problem. It could be that potential. But, you know, just give me the Supersonics. It's more interesting for Charles anyway. Yeah, well, but we, yeah. we don't want Champa Bay. But you have to ask yourself this: There's always the possibility that there's difficulties with border travel, so maybe you don't get the you know Quebecians coming in. 
but you have to do. <laughs> and I would say Andrew was fair. When the Lightning won, he was good. It's when the Rays. It was the Rays the that. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, the Rays thing. I'm like, all right, you guys lost. Come on now. Come on. Now. Well, no. I mean, we we still did not release that group chat setup of us being like, hey guys. Mm. Um, here's the thing of Andrew trying to convince us that if it's too late to be a bandwagoner, but uh, he didn't send the final forms properly. Yeah, he has. He has until September first to oh, send the he's... proper forms to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Definitely not a Jaguars fan. Definitely not a Jaguars fan. <laughs> he goes back and forth about that. Then he uh, remembers. Urban I want to see that be a train wreck. That that as a Florida State fan, I want that to be a train wreck. Buddy, like if we lose to if the Titans lose any game to Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm just gonna I'll I'll you give me a 15 minute segment and I will just denounce everything. You know the team that I've been you know big loyal fan to for the last how old am I? 13 years, 14 years mm. of when I fully got like I declared them as a team coming into it on the cusp of Steve McMahon, uh Titans yep. history coming into it because I got football a little bit later in life. I I can't lose Urban Meyer. I've hated Urban Meyer since 2005. <laughs> there was people who have hated him ahead of that. Um, can't do it, man. Can't do it. Well, I know what you can do. Can head to the cage. And we're gonna head to the cage. So welcome everybody to your weekly Truplex the Cage with Charles. We take the haters. We take the lovers. We take everything when we go into the cage because right now it's a little bit of everything. It's just stories of the soap opera. The, the fighting men and women chasing championships, legacy, trying to beat the holy hell out of each other, trying to climb up the ladder to the brass ring, grab that brass ring, go from there, trying to prove your worth, prove your value, get your TV time. Wrestling is not fake, Francisco. It is staged. It is a scripted fight. It is all those things that we mentioned. I just did it in reverse because you guys were expecting it. And what you got to learn is just like the prestige, the movie with Christopher Nolan, right? I still like it to this day. You got to give them something that they're expected, but they don't expect it to happen. It's not the actual corporate movie. That's how I digested it from Michael Caine's point. Hold on, hold on, Charles. Dan, Andrew actually posted a basketball question. What? Basketball fans, not on the not on the chat, but on Twitter. Basketball fans, poll time. Do you consider it an air ball if it misses the rim and then in parentheses only hits the net or does it have to miss the basket altogether? I feel like I just got hit by a steel uh, steel chair because Andrew asking these questions, kids, is, that's like me asking something about hockey that's like very specific. Okay, this was two days ago. I don't know why. Oh. I never saw that. But what, regardless, Scotty Pippen. That's what ha- his reach of pettiness knows no bounds. He is, you know, calamity Dannon yeah. going over a high roll, getting the poor, you know, hockey farmer that is Andrew. And I, I think an air ball is just an air ball. It's like pornography. You know when you see it. Yeah, exactly. Well, most of the people that said missed the basket completely. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I, I can understand the concept of net is the basket, but we're talking about an inner entry. So if it's under the basket, it's missing the basket. The, net, the net's just there to be facilitator. Right. The net has no role. Exactly. It, yeah, it's it, just to make sure the ball doesn't fly all over the place. Yeah, and, and just a kind of like segue. Segwaying back into the there cage, either I just hit the yep. steel chair coming into it. Wrestling. Wrestling's kind of weird right now. Wrestling's kind of interesting. Wrestling's kind of weird. Um, we'll go with the little ones because right now it's the smaller promotions that haven't gotten enough traction in my eyes. Ring of Honor, they're doing stuff. We talked about last week. Impact, they're doing stuff. We talked about last week. Slammiversary, Sammy Callahan. 
Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's coming on through. I don't have much for that right now. Um, Tommy Dreamer's back. He reinstated Sammy Callahan. AEW, slow burn is the words coming into it. Eddie Kingston took shots after Dynamite that happened on Friday or Saturday because right now they're the NBA playoffs, so they're being preempted elsewhere. Because what happened, this is what we're going to focus on, WWE released more people. And I'm used to it. I've taken the pain, all right? Right now, it's just suppositories for the hemorrhoids. You got me good. You got me dirty last year a little bit, Vince. It was still sensitive. But I was still sensitive when you released Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe. But then last week, you released like 11 wrestlers. Yeah, we got and I already know the process. Right here. Dear Lord. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you – I don't want to call it an obituary to bring that bad juju, but I'll tell you what hurt me. Tyler Breeze. Fandango, part of the Fashion Files, Fashion Popos, love them, cracked me up, they're also part of the Up Down, Up Down, uh, Left Right gaming stream that WWE does, head by Xavier Woods, uh, I would love the tournaments, I would love the game they're doing, they would do Uno with Woods, Breeze, um, Cesaro, and Adam Cole, and now he's gone, and it hurt, and it stung badly, Everise, Chase Parker, Matt Martell, I like them, I thought they were goofy, I thought they were funny, uh, they were offbeat for me, NXT, Tony Nese, I'm glad for him. He's been kind of like waste away. He was a former Cruiserweight champion. Aria Davari, more on 205 Live coming into it. Um, we're used to that pain. And then they released like Kurt Stallion and then August Gray with those guys. A lot of the Cruiserweights, or guys who could be classified in the Cruiserweights, got released. Um, because Matt Martell, Chase Parker used to be on 205 Live. Fandango, not so much. He was just injured a lot. Breeze, he, he did a little bit of everything. He's an NXT love. Um, going there. They got rid of Killian Dane, which kind of surprises me because his wife is Nikki Cross and she is on Raw. And also he was teaming up with, um, God, I know his OG name, Rockstar Spud, but it's uh, Drake Maverick coming in there. So nothing really sung hard aside from Breeze, but I'm just so kind of like done with it. And then what they're saying is for budget cuts. Um, I was talking to my buddy Tony about it. He's like, I'm just sick of all these releases. I can't wait for them to make the sell. Remember my prediction was who? Who's going to buy WB? Disney. That I'm keeping to it. I want to hold on to that two years from the sales complete. But then I looked into the businessman inside of me. They also got rid of the Bollywood boys. But I also got rid of Maria Shafir and Arturo Rouse. And that's interesting because they premiered um, The Diamond Mind last week, which was Roddy Strong leading with um, what's his name? Tyler Rust and Hideki Suzuki. Um, as a wrestler, so Maria Shafir and Taylor Ross have some MMA background into it, so you think Diamond Mind is going to be like the MMA, but I guess they change things last minute, because that, that's what happens in a lot of you know creative, creative being the people who are playing with the stories that they're going to do. Um, but I was talking to my buddy of mine, like, I kind of see it, though, because these are guys that are flattering. Vince doesn't want to pay you anymore, and maybe Vince doesn't view as, as exceptional. What you, you you see is that it's a lot of guys who are either in the Cruiserweight portions, which is 205 Live, also under the NXT umbrella because it's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship now, or the NXT wrestlers. So if Vince says, give me a list of names of guys you're going to get rid of, H probably has to give it over. Part of it is probably because there's just too many wrestlers right now. You're not utilizing everybody fully. So why do you want to keep continuing paying people and being catering, even though you're the one putting them in catering? And I can understand the argument that, well, if you gave them something to do, they wouldn't be in the back on catering. But if I don't think that you're a prospect, the guy or the gal to put on TV, and that you're worth it to put on TV under evaluations, then what's the purpose of even trying? Why am I going to give you stop-start pushes? I don't even want you there at all. 
Some of these guys have been injured a lot. Fandango. Um, some of these guys have been on the main roster and brought back down. Breeze. But I think Breeze is a talent. I just don't think his character works in today's modern for Vince. Vince, Vince. Vince is just stupid. I'm just going to say it like that. You know how I feel about him. Um, but a lot of those releases sometimes are contracts and everything like that. And you see the Thanos meme. Um, Arsena and Lesnar coming back. Edge came back. We'll talk about that in a second. Maybe it's monetary funds and bringing other people. But one of the reasons I, I can see these budget cuts that have happened is because these people are not being utilized fully. So what's the point? The other bit of it is that the world is opening back up, which means people and wrestlers on the indie development scene or maybe get out of their contracts of impact or maybe even AEW. Granted, those who are contracted will be there for a while, but Ring of Honor maybe or people with AEW that was on a working contract, maybe Vince H. Samoa Joe, because it's H. Samoa Joe and John Laurinaitis who sort are of part of the creative talent relations um, for evaluations along with William Regal. Maybe they're just trying to bring in the new batch. A lot of people come back to WWE. It's weird. But um, if you could pop them out, try to bring in something new. Because you want to. who are you trying to keep everything fresh for? The fans. And I can say, hey, wrestling has not been fresh. But wrestling's not been fresh for me because of the storylines. It's because I've been getting the same damn matches over and over and over and over again, man, repetitively. And then um, we're going to get put on to like, the pay-per-views? I don't want that stuff. So yeah, this one stings. They've all stung, but I'm kind of like jaded now, like a suppository. I know i got to do it, man, but I ease up the hemorrhoids and then pop out, right? Um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Right now, NXT is going on, and they have a title match for the Great American Bash, which is next week. It's basically their live event program because they're not trying to do too much pay-per-views, but they're going to do... Um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell are going to be defending their women's cha- tag team championships against Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Gives Io something to do. Obviously, I think Indy is going. Indy and uh, Candice are going to win, but give something for Io to do before she's formally called up to Raw, I think would be the safe bet, is my guess. It allows you to kind of keep Raquel Gonzalez to find out who's going to be her next contender for her women's championship the next Great American, I'm sorry, the Great American Bash match that they're going to have that I know that is confirmed is Johnny Gargano versus Karen Cross, which should be excellent. And then um, you'll have Kyle Riley and Adam Cole in a match as well. I think that's a specialty match, but I'm just going to kind of reserve that for the cage next week. I might actually request to do it as an opener because NXT is on Tuesdays at yeah, 8 to 10. We do our shows 7 to 9, so I don't want mostly so maybe i don't want to get that spoilers in there get spoiled in my stuff would be interesting or i could just watch the damn thing as we do the show instead of playing dragon ball fighters as well as playing in the background <laughs> um i just gotta get through some of the stories but i'm interested to see what they're doing from there raw smackdown what are we building up to money in the bank to give some background information for those who've not listened to the last three years about money in the bank basically briefcase put up in the top for the men's and the women's um, divisions where a couple wrestlers from SmackDown, a couple wrestlers from Raw are all competing in a ladder match. Whoever gets that briefcase gets a guaranteed championship match at their time, location, and choosing. So they can set it to a pay-per-view match if they want to. Or they can be more smart and more opportunistic and set that for um, right after the champion has had this great, intensive, grueling match and get cashed in on. It's an excitement. Last year was kind of bad because we had Otis winning it in a cinematic match, and then he lost it at SummerSlam, or was it Hell in a Cell to The Miz, and The Miz waited, but he cashed it on Drew. So that was a good thing. Yay, Drew wasn't much happy anymore. How wouldn't he fun? But there could be terror coming because we've been doing some qualifier matches there. So what we have on Raw, we know that Riddle has qualified. We know that um, 
Well, who else has qualified? That's a good question because I know I'm off the top of my head, but I want to get it exactly correct because I know I'm up. I'll talk about some things in the side as I look up into it. We know at Money in the Bank, the confirmed WWE Championship match is going to be Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley. I'm super excited for that because I think the storyline has been excellent. Um, Bobby killed Woods the other day, and I have a sneaky suspicion that Kofi is going to lose, but if a certain person – uh, wins the Money in Bank for SmackDown, a Big E who is part of the New Day. That might lead us to getting a Big E cash and to go specifically against them. All right, I have some competitors' names, so I can take that debriefer and go from there. So right now for Raw, we have Ricochet. Fantastic. Him and Morrison, I sent you uh, the tweet yesterday. Did you have the opportunity to watch that? Nate, hold on. Let me see. You sent me a tweet? Or you put it on the, on yeah, the, in, uh, in the one chat? One second, one second. I will look at it right now. Yeah, because it was amazing. So Ricochet and John Morrison are two high-flying athletic guys who do things with their body that is against the law of gravity. The fact that they're going to be in a ladder match gets me so excited because it makes me think that Ah, wrestling is gymnastics. There we go. Yeah, wrestling is gymnastics. It it makes me really feel that it's going to be super duper (laughs) good. And it was just amazing. So we have them in there. We have Riddle, who I'm a fan of. We have Biggie on SmackDown qualifying. Um, we also have, and I'll, I'll just cut to the chase, Drew McIntyre is going to get the brief. Yeah, he is a entrant in the Money in the Bank match. My concern is there's some theories out there that Drew's going to win the ladder Dear match. Lord. Um, amazing, oh, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. Amazing. You and I can't do that. No. That's why I give people some uh, All some the respect. bones in the body break. So basically what happened is Ricochet cross-bodied from like the top of the ring post onto Morrison, who was sitting outside. And it was great because these two were just kind of feeling it feeling it out um because it was leading to a 10 count so they both got counted out but it's one of those things that made sense and it's to kind of put both guys over and not have anybody lose to make them look weak in the eyes of their money in the bank ladder match that they have going on for everybody else but drew the theory out there is drew is going to win the briefcase and cash in on bobby and get the championship match because remember he lost to bobby at hell in a cell and the condition was if he lost to bobby he can't challenge for the championship as long as bobby's champion but if you have the contract contracts you can do any way shape or form that disgusts me. It's basically like having an ulcer, but what gives me chronic diarrhea is the idea that I have a scarier theory that Drew's going to cash in on Roman. Because remember, Roman has been a dominant champion almost for 365 days with that Universal Championship. He's been champion since September, a week after uh, SummerSlam. He came at payback when he was a champion. No one has beaten him. Right now, who's Roman going against? Edge! It's beautiful. I love it. Because Roman lists out everything on Friday, saying, hey, I'm being this guy, being this guy, being this guy, being this guy. There's no one left to stop me. What am I supposed to do? But we get Edge back. And Edge is like, hey, I want the match that should have happened at Mania. Because remember, it was a triple threat. Because Daniel Bryan put himself in there. Daniel Bryan, bye-bye. He's on hiatus. So it's going to be Edge and Roman going out again. And this is putting the seeds for Edge and Seth Rollins, which I'm ready for. And it's rumored that it's going to be John Cena versus Roman, which I'm ready for. Poor Cesaro. He'll probably win the IC belt from Apollo Creed. But please, for the love of God, do not have Drew cash in on Roman. Because I already have a suspicion that he's going to go on SmackDown anyway, be the one who's grown him. But I understand that Vince is believed that Drew is a face of the franchise, but he went through a hard time in the pandemic years, Drew as a champion. The first run, I was fine with him. We lost to the Randy. We were good. But then the second run was so bad. When you have to face Goldberg in a big four pay-per-view, he's a no bueno. You know, it's not good. It's the, oh, no, from Mario voice. But oh, I can do that, too. 
Yeah, there we go. We're still a couple of weeks away <laughs> from Money in the Bank. Oh, itself. no! There good. we go. There you go. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, they have a couple other matches. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, yet again, going towards it. Eh. Eh. I don't know who the bad guy is. Uh, the women's money in the bank, I'll speak on it when they get closer to having their roster fully there. But I am excited. It's July 18th, so it's really three weeks away. But Edge versus Roman, I think it's going to be good because Edge looked good in, you know, WrestleMania. So I think there's a match there um, that I can get into. And then... Bobby and Kofi, I think, just be so good. But if Big E wins and cashes in from that to go against Bobby, reunites the new day, but also it tells a bigger story of like, hey, you killed my boy and you killed my other boy. But it's basically like a Fast and Furious movie that's family, you know, mess with family. But instead of doing like rocket ships in the air, it's just going to be Big E slapping, you know, Bobby Lashley around. I'm all for it. Um, so I'm excited. Probably going to be more next week's The Cage, is what we call the down moment of, of The Cage. It's, it's PG rated Cage. No blood. Just a little bit of violence. That's all I got for you today that I can recall at the moment. Okay. All right, then. So I think that is it for us this week. So we will see what happens next week. I, I don't know if Andrew, he's he's in that, that run-up for, 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 for studying. So he, I think I think we'll, we'll be just the duo here on out. But we got to start planning that, that fast food draft. We can we can maintain we could we could be the new day for podcasting. We don't have our biggie because he's over in SmackDown, but we're Woods and, and Kofi. We're keeping going. We're gonna tag team. Side note, Ty, you, you you were like, oh, can Ty and hold out? It's now ten five. He has now have five innings and five red runs. <laughs> Get him off, not that damn Dear team. God, I, I can't. He he's validating <laughs> me. Most it's of literally time. five runs and five innings. Yeah, I, but man, literally. Usually I have to eat the humble pie, but like, I don't like this. This is like, oh, you have to eat your broccoli. I don't like broccoli. I only do it because it's gonna try to make me live longer. Tyin, you are my broccoli. Err, mofo. Err. <laughs> Hold on, just just before we leave, I just want to see his stats right now. Oh God, that is a five point one eight ERA. That is literally what he is doing right now. Well, right now it's five four five because it upped it. Oh run. my goodness gracious! Yeah. Okay, so thankfully we nailed out. Thankfully the Angels are trash. Best way to say it. That's true. Any other team, we're done. And he's only got four strikeouts. What's the purpose of this guy? Three oh, homers. Boy. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. I hate you, Jameson Tyan. Bye everyone.